you have a decision to make. If you go in and use that phone, the show's over, camp's over, and you go home to your parents. Unless, unless we wait one day, just one more day, and we do the show as planned tonight. Isn't it wrong to sing and dance when someone just died? You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. <laughs> Whoever wrote that drum part sure doesn't know how to play drums. Nah. <laughs> Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, episode Trace Trace. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. I was about to say Thrace. Thrace? Thrace, Thrace, Thrace. You could just say 33, you yeah, wacko. We, we, we could do that too. <laughs> What's up, boys? Not much. How are you, sir? How has the week treated you? I'm good. I'm happy to be alive. Oh. I seriously thought I was going to die walking in here tonight. I wish you would have. Enlighten us. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> what happened? It's funny that you say enlighten, because I was pretty sure I was going to be struck by lightning walking <laughs> in here. I was, there was two guys standing on, like, two of your neighbors. I think they're your neighbors. I don't know. Standing out on a porch, and I heard them start to swear. <laughs> and then I saw the flashing lights. I I was in the middle of the road, so I could have died in a mul- in, in in multiple different ways because I just stopped dead in the middle of the road <laughs> and it was like it was my my worst moment ever. It showed that I am not a tough guy whatsoever because <laughs> the, the the lightning started flashing and it was like the brightest lightning I've ever experienced. And I, I just shrugged my shoulders and put my head down and closed my did you, eyes. Did you let out a squeak too? Like <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the street, I'm just standing there for like ten seconds, like, oh gosh, this is gonna happen. And they were driving. A truck came down and ran him over. I, what's that? You weren't driving? No. Oh, I thought I was, I, you... I was walking from my car to the house, and I and I oh. I thought I was literally about to be struck by lightning. <laughs> it was spooky. You should have been carrying a giant pole. Just, just walking on the street with a giant metal pole. Oh, yeah, wearing socks it. on carpet and scratching your hair at the same time. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Thanks, guys. Welcome. What about you, Jay? Anything, uh, anything fun? Yeah. Same old, same old, you know. Bought a couple Corvettes this week and... Ooh, a couple. Gave one away. You, you to, can't have just one. No, just I bought, bought two. Falling out of control. Yeah, you know, living, living the life of a podcast star. What yeah. about you? You po- got... Podcast star. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You got any? Uh, you got um, any more ridiculous two hundred fifty dollar ticket stories to tell us, or anything? So this is week. Oh my oh gosh! No. I was kidding. <laughs> this is week. Uh, it's auction. It was auction number nine, and I think that this is week five or six that we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they went up again, and. Um, No, <laughs> you did not. How much did you pay for them, <laughs> you fool? Ninety-three dollars. 
I'm still going to tear them to pieces <laughs> as soon as I see them. And they're already shipping on their way here. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised that you contained your excitement and didn't call either one of I us called, to tell us about I this. I called Vito 30 seconds after it happened. Did you? I was sitting at work by myself. Luckily, no one was around me. Otherwise, I would have been really been like, I, like I'm single now. I would have been really single if anybody would have seen me. <laughs> um, no, I called Mike though, and I said, "Dude, dude, I got him." He goes, "No!" <laughs> like he knew exactly what I was talking about. This is this is a story. This is how I'm going to destroy every relationship that you could possibly be in for the rest of your life. Every time you meet a girl, I'm going to be like, "Hey, did he tell you about the time that he spent a hundred dollars on two pieces of paper?" Four. Fair, four. Fair enough. Uh, and two of them but, are ripped. <laughs> are they really? If uh, you go to the movies nowadays, what's this movie ticket like? It's like fifteen it's like bucks. Twelve fifty. Oh, so is really? It, is so it even really? More now? For for four tickets, that would be fifteen bucks a ticket. That's sixty bucks to a movie that you don't get to see. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna. I once paid that to go see Cradle of Filth and couldn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna set up a nice little night for you where. Uh, we, we'll uh, we'll do up the the living room at one of our houses to make it look like a theater, mm-hmm. and Jay will stand at the door <laughs> in like a nice uh, get up, and, and then he'll, he'll hand them to me. He'll take your tickets. I'll tear them. <laughs> tear them in half. <laughs> oh god! And then you can go in and watch Evil Dead. They've survived forty years. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's actually pretty impressive. The fact that he still has them after forty well, years. And the thing is, when I got a hold of him, if if you're listening to the past shows, you've heard the story. But when I first got a hold of the guy, you know, he said that he only had a handful of the green ones left. Mm-hmm. A bunch of red, but only a handful of the greens. Which was, the, the was green... one from like one night and one from from another night, or what? What's the no, deal? No, I to be straightforward, I don't know exactly what the significance between the two colors were. Some but super I know, fan you are. I think what? No, actually, no. I know. I think I know exactly what it was. You're gonna make you had the up green. Right no, you had the green <laughs> ticket. They took that from you and they ripped it and mm-hmm. put it in the box, and then they might have given you the red ticket for like readmission or something. You know what I'm saying? Sounds pretty fishy to me. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is there's green ones, red ones, and all the green ones are ripped. Uh, what, did so. you, what did you end up with? Both. Red. Oh, you got both. both. Oh. That's what I was saying because he doesn't have, didn't have a lot of them left, so I might have gotten the very last ones. Well, I'll be damned. And I did not pay $215 for them. Congratulations. Yeah. You know what that calls for? A mustard Oreo. No, hey, all right. no. <laughs> uh, Michael, the worst. Michael is like, um, he almost has a phobia. No, it is. It's of, almost of it's, mustard. It's... I've actually, I, I dared him. We were at a party where there was girls, and you probably shouldn't have taken the challenge uh, because you, there no, were no, girls. No, 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 no. Fuck you. You were not going to let me not take this challenge. Yeah, I know. I, told, I warned I, you all. I told them to do one little dab of mustard. Uh, we were at Alex Sheldon's. Uh, it was a spoon. Place. It was a spoon. No, it was yes. just a. It was, it was a spoon. A, it was a spoon. I don't think you would have done it if it was a spoon. I did to prove you. You guys didn't believe me that it would make me sick. <laughs> he said, I will puke if I if I do this. And I was like, I don't care. I want to see you do it. Because like, every time I, I'd put it on a hot dog and he'd sit there and go, Ugh, I don't know how you can put that in your food, baby, baby. And so he did it and he promptly vomited <laughs> in Alex's brand new apartment. It was, his, it was like his housewarming party. And in the Mike, kitchen, in the kitchen, and Mike's, right? Mike's half in the bag, throwing up mustard into the kitchen sink. I, mean, I, think I was, I wasn't drunk, yeah. I wasn't oh, drunk. you weren't? No, no. I remember. Maybe just a quarter in the bag. Well, yeah, quarter. I'll go quarter. But that kind of serves Alex right because we were. Remember when we were drinking at my apartment at the Harbors mm-hmm. one this time? This is the same Alex that was on the podcast for the Strange by for Design the, episode for the Stranger by Things the episode. Yeah, he. We were drinking at my 
apartment oh. at the harbors. <laughs> Mine and Aaron's apartment at the harbors. We were drinking tequila all night. <laughs> and then Alex just, like, relentlessly destroyed my my sink in the bathroom. <laughs> like, why? He was right next to the toilet, but he goes to the sink instead. He, wasn't he yelling out of the bathroom, too? Like, James, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he was. And I was like, why are you puking in the sink? <laughs> and, the, and then our buddy Rob was out on the balcony. <laughs> I lived on the, off the balcony. I lived on the third floor, and he's puking off the balcony. I was like, just come inside and puke some. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then my sink smelled for the remainder of, like, oh, the four sure. years. That we, It was so gross. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I got him. Good, uh, good, good on I you. I got him. Good right. on you, man. Celebrate. Yep, let's do a little mm. mustard Oreo. Uh, See, Jay, in Mike's Jay, honor. Jay actually has three <laughs> Oreos here with a dollop of mustard. I'm, I'm no, actually gonna. I I'm actually up. gonna take my finger and just kind of spread it around <laughs> like this. Just kind of do this. <laughs> here. Jeez, <laughs> stop. stop. I'm just gonna do this. It, right I here, I'm just going to spread it around. I cannot get any more into the corner. Mm. Just, mm -hmm. just smear it in there, Jim. And then I got all this on my finger, so I might as well lick this off. It, Mustard it seriously looks like you're yeah. playing with somebody's like syphilis vagina right now. Yeah. That's that's what it looks like. All right, Jay, you ready for a mustard order? Hey, to Mike. To Mike winning the tickets. To my, hey, to your health, brother. brother. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I hate you so much. It smells so bad. Mm. It's oh, actually. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I blew the mustard wind in his face. Just stop. Please. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. No, it's it's really not bad at all. Have, have the other one. I'll have the other one in a all minute. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here you guys go. Mustard Oreos. Cool. Do it. All right. Well, um, so. Sorry, I'm eating. Why don't you tell them what we're talking about today? Come here. Sorry, I gotta get this. He's Come on, come on. Tell him what we're talking oh, about. Oh, it's so gross. Um, all right, so if you couldn't get it from the intro, talking about dancing and singing, we're talking about musical Musical. Musicals. That was beautiful, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so a little bit of a weird episode because there's not, um, I mean, there's a lot of, musical horror movies actually which is sort of shocking um a lot of times though it's a musical with horror aspects only only a few of them actually have horror mixed in with the musical numbers yeah like we watched a, um, a music a musical slasher so that was like a straight up musical horror movie yep we watched a, a futuristic like science fictiony uh Musical. Right. I don't know how else to describe it that's, until we until we get there. That's pretty accurate. Uh, we watched a horror comedy monster movie that and, was a musical, and we watched a classic Stephen Sondheim musical. Yep. With Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Uh, Sweeney Sweeney. Oh, Todd. Sweeney Todd. You Duh. dumb. You dumb so bastard. So we run the gamut. We wanted to. We, we we did a good. We tried to to you know watch a decent amount here. So yeah, we wanted to get a, a in, little bit of variety. And in order know, to to get our buzz on. We uh, we decided to go with some Scary Jesus Rockstar from Dark Horse Brewery. Scary Jesus Rockstar! <laughs> Why don't you open that there? And I pulled up a little a uh, little one. little thing here. <laughs> Scary Jesus Rockstar. This is from Dark Horse Brewing right here in Michigan. Marshall, this is actually Marshall. like... It's literally Marshall. Could, Jesus, Jesus is showing. Jesus is showing. I could actually, pro I could probably oh, walk sorry, outside Jay. of your son of a bitch. I could probably walk outside of Jay's house right now, and scream, 
and somebody three streets over might be able to tell the people over at the Dark Horse Brewing Company that somebody is screaming. That's true. That's how close it is to That's us. That's true. <laughs> uh, I need one more bottle to open this. No, no, you don't. Yes, I do. Three are open. No, three are open. Oh, oh I, didn't know, I didn't realize <laughs> that you would open one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you dingus. Okay, yeah, so this is... My point was, this is very close to us. It's um, uh, we, We've gone there for Taco Tuesday before. Oh. Wait, wasn't this? No. Was that Dark Horse? No. No, that was Dragon's Meat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm stupid. Well, you said that. I'm thinking, like, Marshall's not terribly far, so maybe he's just yeah. being a little facetious. Marshall over by Lansing or something? No, yeah. it's, uh, a, it's, a, it's on your way to Grand Rapids. I've been there. I've been to Dark Horse before. This is the place that I was talking about because we did the uh, old Crooked Tree sampler for our yep. anthology episode. Yep. It's just a tiny little place. I was thinking of dra- <laughs> uh, Dragon Mead. Oh, we'll get some beers the one, there sometime. That's the one that's real when close to us. When we talk about dragons. Dra- oh, yeah. I mean, um, we could. So anyway, this... Next col- week on the show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this collaboration beer made with Chef Cletus Friedman of Chicago's Fountainhead will save your soul and then melt your face off. Aromas of chamomile touch your nose as they lead into the soft body and mouthfeel of this liquid symphony. That's beautiful. I love it. Just as your mind is clear and your sins are washed away, a tasty riff of sweet and earthy fresh apricots hit your palate and rock your taste buds. Finishing dry and hoppy. Drink, rock, repeat. I love soft bodies and mouthfeels. Just putting that out there. You know what I love the (laughs) mouthfeel of? Oh my God! Mustard <laughs> and Oreos. Mm. God, mustard on the tongue. Mm-hmm. It's it's the most vile thing known to man. <laughs> it really is. You know what else is vile? Sometimes we get things wrong, and Mike's about to correct us from no. last week. No, no. Boom. All right. So uh, Nicholas well, Winding hey. Refn. While he's chewing that. Oh yes, yeah. boys. <laughs> Try this we didn't even drink the beer. <laughs> he's like, oh, mustard Oreos. I'm, I'm so that. discombobulated I, I, uh, because of mustard Oreos. I'm, I got the taste of Oreo in my mouth now. Ooh, now I got the taste of apricot in my mouth, and that is fantastic. So this is not the first time Ooh. that I've had this. I must have had a bad batch the first time because uh, me and a friend were drinking this, and we hated it because it tasted like you were just chewing up potpourri. And then I had some just the other night, and I liked it a lot. However, um, was so it a long time on the, ago? On the off chance that somebody from Dark Horse is listening... We're not saying that you made a bad batch of no, beer. No, oh, no, I'm just saying it might like, have been old. What, like, like maybe the store let it sit out yeah. in the sun or something. What, may have skanked a little bit. Was it, was it a while back <laughs> before drinking hoppier beers, like with the Bigfoot Ale no, situation? No, this was, this was only, this was still, uh, this is when Jen moved into my oh, house. fair enough. So three months, you know, like it wasn't that long ago. That's really good. No, it it's is got, good. I, I like it a lot now. So. It's got like so many, That like it's like 10 different flavors. One Coming could say it's a religious feeling. Mm. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah. One could say that. Should one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so back now to, we back get to some corrections. corrections. Let's go. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn restored <clears throat> Dario's... Winding. Winding. Winding Refn. Winding. Uh, I said that he had restored Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. and it was only available in the UK. Mm-hmm. It was Dawn of the Dead. But Dario Argento's cut of Dawn of the Dead. So the original zombie... Right on. If you know what I'm talking about. It's the most confusing series yeah. ever. Uh, one day we'll get into it, but this is not the time. Um, <laughs> Actually, maybe next week. Only Resident Ooh. Evil. Ooh. Only Resident Evil was listed on uh, on the Roger Ebert website on his worst films. Yeah. However, uh, all th- three, uh, Resident <laughs> Evil, Doom, and Silent Hill, all scored under one and a half stars. Yeah. So he hated them all. <laughs> I, I do. I, I I'm not gonna speak ill of the dead again, but 
Fuck yeah. you, Roger Ebert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that he got a lot of backlash on a lot of the things he talked about. He took it right to the jaw. So. Oh, <laughs> mean. Uh, I didn't Too realize. Soon? <laughs> I didn't realize last week you were talking about like the original original Ghostbusters when you when you were talking about a, having a monkey in it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you. I thought we were joking. I thought it was a little oh, bit of no. banter. Did you not know what I was talking about? I didn't until I went. <laughs> I went home and I like. I looked it up and I was yeah. like, oh, they're actually yeah. So when Which, I said I used to watch the original cartoon the, or whatever, I was talking original, about like the, the go- real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the real Ghostbusters is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, turns out. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I fought really hard last week about KMFDM, the band being behind the Mortal Kombat theme from the movie. Isn't it KMFTM? No, KMFDM. Oh, okay. MGMT? Um, Different band. Or the other band, MDFMK. (laughs) DNC. What? So many letters. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) KMFDM, the band that did contribute a song to... Uh, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack in uh, Juke Joint Jezebel. Mm-hmm. That was on there. That's what I was thinking of. And I always assumed, not assume, I always thought that they did the theme song because way in the early days of the internet, when mm-hmm. you looked it up, it was always KMFDM Mortal Kombat theme. Mm. And so I had always thought that. Turns out it wasn't them that did it. It was a group called The Immortals. It was like an electronic duo from somewhere on Earth. I'm not sure where. But they did it. And it was not KMFDM like I thought. Right on. So. Uh, is that it for that one? Uh, yes. Um, I just to, I I found out what I was talking about last week with the uh, the poster from Alien Covenant, uh-huh. and I said it reminded me of something from Game of Thrones, and I couldn't figure out why the hell I couldn't find it. It's because it wasn't Game of Thrones; it was Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was it was the poster for Sons of Anarchy season seven, I think, and I I sent it to you. Mm-hmm. Did you get what I was talking yes, about? Absolutely. It definitely. It had. I mean, it's not they exactly the, the same. They weren't the first ones it, to do it either, though. Right. It, it, I think it's almost. It almost. I feel as though it's a take on like an old sculpture or something. I feel like you might be right, or yeah. like an old painting or something, something like that. Yeah, but it yeah. definitely like, themat- like thematically, oh, it was exactly the same as the Alien Covenant thing. Been from like Dante's Inferno or something like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, I feel. I'm, this could be another corrections, but like I feel like I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm remembering a painting though about like like the underworld of hell and people clawing at each other and fighting and like being dragged down to hell corrections for our corrections i'm gonna go on a limb here i'm gonna say it's either dante's inferno or it's something in the sistine chapel okay we'll we'll figure it out <laughs> market <laughs> market anyway uh another thing here i don't i must have spaced out when you were talking about this last week it's funny because i was listening and i was actually agreeing with you i was going mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i must have been reading something because uh you were talking about crackle Yes. And how I signed up for a free month or whatever. Yes. Crackle's free, homie. Oh. Completely free. Oh. Did you not know that? Well, no. I, I came to your house, and oh. <laughs> it was a streaming service, and I figured you pay for streaming services. Actually, actually to be fair, I didn't I didn't know about it until... Because you brought up the Dead Rising movies. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't even know... I, no, like, I, didn't I, know I looked them up, and I saw it's a Crackle original. I didn't even know what Crackle was. Well, so I, I had assumed that we were just going to rent it on VOD <clears throat> or whatever, because oh. that's what we do. Yeah. Um, I, um, no, so I, I looked up Crackle and turns out it was free. So hmm. like I, I've got it on my TV, on the phone so and everything. Crackle's so Crackle's completely free? Crackle's, yeah, totally Damn. free. I mean, nice. you can, you can, they say that you can register and I don't know if that gets you like extra content or something like that. But nice. as far as like, you know, we can watch the other Dead Rising movie now and free, baby. Free. Free. Um, you got anything else? Um... 
just the fact that you kept saying make a make a suffering game last yeah. week. You go going make a suffering game, make a suffering game. <laughs> they have already made. He was he was he was trying to say make a suffering movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So if anybody from the Hollywood land is listening, make the suffering games into movies because they would be awesome. My last thing uh, <laughs> came to us via Mr. Vito. Vito Power. Mr. Power. Mm. Um, and we were talking about Tim Curry, and then I said something about... Uh, Mark Curry? Mark Curry, and I didn't know who it was. <laughs> Is that a real person? Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Mark Curry. <laughs> That's his real name? That's his real name. Oh. Mike's like, you knew who you were talking about, you just didn't know who you were talking <laughs> yeah, about. Because you were thinking of the guy from uh, Double Dare. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, Mark Summers. Mm-hmm. I said I said Mark Curry, I'm like, oh no, it's Mark Summers, but Mark Curry <laughs> is Mr. Cooper. Right on. Apparently, um, <laughs> apparently Vito knows this because he's met him before. And he has an autographed <laughs> picture of Mark Curry. He hung with Mr. Cooper. He hung with Mr. Cooper. Dang. And it says on the autograph, it goes to Mike. Read more books, <laughs> Mark Curry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? He was all about the education, I guess. I don't oh. know. <laughs> huh. All right. Uh, that's all I got for corrections. So that means it's time for the news. I don't know what's going on yet. I'm excited, though. News! His name is John Cena! I thought it was going to be that, like your box that you got, but that's actually just John Cena's music, I guess. (laughs) Yo, the Buds Kill Podcast News. That's right, you got Jim, Mike, and Justin, the caboose from a train running down the street. There's no tracks. Why? I don't know. I can't rap. (laughs) That's the news. Yeah, baby. Jesus, we're getting sued. By the McMahon. John Cena's <laughs> just gonna come and kick our ass. That's he's, awesome. he's gonna break the door he's down. Sue people. We just be like, "Where's that music coming from?" <laughs> oh my god! It's John Cena. I, I really wish that I had entrance music every single time I walked through a doorway, like into a room. I mean, you can make it happen. You just have to awesome. carry a boombox with you. I might do that. Wouldn't life be so much cooler if you had like uh, like theme, not just theme music, but like backing track? But that wouldn't work if everybody had it because it would just be like. Yep. God sounds. What would, you, what would you use for yours? What would I use? What would your What would your theme music be? Oh, jeez. We're going to have to circle around back to this because okay. I have okay. no idea. Would it be Nickelback something in your mouth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, yes. Uh, I think mine would probably be a soothing saxophone. Nice, sexy saxophone. That's what I think so. Yeah. Set that mood whenever you kick that door down. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There you go. That's it, Jay. I I feel that. Mm. The master is in the room. (laughs) (laughs) You'd probably use the shitty Seether version, though. (laughs) If any of Seether members of the band listen to our podcast, I don't apologize. No. You guys. You You can see yourself to the door. No, or you no. can see <laughs> yourself over there <laughs> to the door. All right. All right. Let's anyway, the news. let's um, get to the news. Let's start it off with the most important bit of news. The uh, the new It trailer dropped. It did. Did you see it? I did. Okay. Man, Man. what's your first impression? Um, It looked good. Yeah. I'm watching it. The cinematography looks great in it. It really does. It's shot really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and then uh, so the opening, if I'm if not if I'm not mistaken, the opening scene is basically the exact same. Uh, they're folding up the the po- toy boat. Uh, pa- yeah, the, the newspaper boat. Newspaper boat, newspaper yeah. boat, and it goes down. He's chasing it. He did some dumb thing where he hit his head. I thought that was kind of <laughs> dumb, but whatever. Um, it's like, come on, you're taking it out of the moment. But regardless, I digress. He's running with it, and then we have the infamous sewer scene that we talked about last week with the still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was so quick though that it's not. I mean, you still can't. You can't he, get a really good... Am I the good... only one that thought that Pennywise looked really small in the sewer? Like, they shrunk him down to fit his face into that opening? Um, Watch it again. He looks tiny. I, I know they probably superimposed him in and there. And he comes out and eats one of and Mario's looks... mushrooms and bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks small, though. It's weird. I get what you're saying, but, I mean, he's down inside of a sewer, so... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I figured that he'd be closer to it. Like He's just popping his head up because those sewer things aren't deep, you know? Well, I watched yeah. I, I watched um, a thing where they like it was somebody somebody took the the new trailer and then clips from the old movie. Yeah, and the old movie he's right forefront in that um, sewer. It looked pretty pretty similar. Yeah. I think it's well, just that I think it's that Bill Skarsgård just literally has a smaller face than well regardless than, than Mark Curry. Just something that I noticed. Tim I still Curry, wasn't crazy. <laughs> I still wasn't crazy about him in the sewer. But I'm like, okay, the rest of the movie looks good, right? Mm-hmm. So it keeps going on. Uh, I have a couple of complaints about it. Okay. That I, I think that it looks good. I think the story is going to be good. I yeah. think that it's well written. I think that it's going to be well acted. I think it's going to look phenomenal. Yeah. I have no issues with that. I love the haunted house that they, they finally put back into it, which is from the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly the leper is going to be in it. So it's like, okay, they're showing new aspects to the story. Mm-hmm. The second that I saw Pennywise. I think, I think that house was in the original uh, miniseries. Well, there, so. was a, there was a house in a field. But it wasn't like the haunted house looking house that we got in the new one. Okay. Anyway. Um <clears throat> so, so I'm like, okay, I'm still not sold on Pennywise, but I'll I'll give it a shot because the rest of it looks great. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the scene at the very end where Georgie is in the sewer and he's saying, you know, He's come in down a basement, here. by the way, it's not the sewer. Well then where's the water come from? I think the like the basement is flooded. Oh, somewhere. well, I thought it was a oh, sewer. Okay. I mean, it looks I, like I a basement because no, because because Bill is just wa- like standing on a stairs. Stairs, you're right, with, like, you're a right. Railing. Well, regardless, he's in he's in a subterranean right. level somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so George is down there pleading his case. He's all freaked out, the brother, and then you see Pennywise rising up from the water, and I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. Like, even though I don't like, I'm not, still not crazy about Pennywise, that looks cool. It's a really cool, creepy shot. Mm-hmm. And then they just shit the bed, and they have him fly up and do this stuttering run jump scare towards the screen. I'm like, come on. See, it's so dumb. It's I, so overdone. I don't know. Like I, to me, and I, it lost me right there. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far because it's completely out of context. Like, you don't even, like, they, they put in, like, some weird scream behind it and stuff like that. But knowing, knowing Pennywise from the original, knowing that he's a clown, like he, he messes around a lot. He fools around with people. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if, I wouldn't doubt if that scream that's put in there was just put in for effect in the in the um, trailer. Well, if that's the case, that's and, a shitty and, way to do a trailer. And maybe he's doing more of a, like, because he does look like he's kind of shuffling as well, he's running. Like, I watched it at twenty five percent. They literally cut scenes out, though. They stutter jumped it, like they stutter cutted it, yeah. cutter cuttered it. <laughs> yeah, so that <laughs> they might stutter ju- cut it for so the that, trailer. That might but, just be for the trailer then. Like uh, I, in the in the original, it was usually in a different form. But like he he would sometimes go after somebody, and he could easily grab the person. But he but he would 
just kind of chase them to scare them. And then afterward, like there's a scene where he's chasing... Um, my th- I think it was it. I think it, he was like in the form of an old lady and he was chasing I think Beverly mm-hmm. out of a house and he could have grabbed her but then she gets out to the street and he and she turns around and he's back in clown form and he's just like dancing on the porch and like goofing around with her and stuff I wouldn't doubt if it was something like that where he kind of comes at him but regardless of regardless of what the intent is though it's still the exact same jump scare that we've seen in horror movies for the last decade. It's the same thing. <clears throat> and and I was talking about somebody with about the way that they the way that he looks again. And like, well, maybe because it's closer to the book, the book is about scary clowns and maybe this is more what it's like. So I went no, to the book it, and I took the... an I took an excerpt from or an excerpt from the book. Yeah. They describe him as as Ronald McDonald Bozo the Clown looking with bright colors, flaming Bozo, red hair. Bozo the Clown and Clarabelle, I think. And they... no, and Ronald McDonald. I looked it up. Well, I think I, he says he says a cross between Bozo the Clown and Clarabelle. If Georgie were alive in a different decade, he may compare him to Ronald McDonald. Point is though, bright colors and everything else. I'm like, just saying, don't. My my complaint don't about the, gra- the book, you stupid. My shit. <laughs> complaint about though the dark colors though is exactly what I have been saying. It's it's Hollywood thinks that everything needs to look that way now. Yeah. And to me, being a horror fan, when you've seen something a thousand times, that becomes really distracting because. It's you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. You yeah. know, I'm I, I'm a broken record saying this at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm the only person that wasn't doing cartwheels for this trailer. Like my Facebook feed blew up with, <laughs> "It's so scary! Oh my god, it's amazing!" And I'm like, it's like, yeah, the movie looks fine, but it, like, it doesn't look amazing to me. Well, I'm you not. I, I like I said, I'm gonna reserve judgment because it, you I can't hope really, I'm like, wrong, and I'll be the first person to to, to say that I'm wrong. They're just not selling me yet. Yeah. Like, they haven't done anything to really get me on board yet. What I thought was weird with it was in the uh, when they were, like, in the classroom or the house or whatever, and they're watching the projector with all the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and they're looking at the photos? Yeah, and they're yep. like, yep. okay, here's the sewer system. And he's like, we think it lives down in the sewer system. Like, why wouldn't you, it, the way it was saying, like, they're trying to say, like, the title of the movie, or did I miss something? Did something no, go No, they did. They they put an emphasis on the, not yeah, the word it, as opposed, as opposed to saying, saying we, it lives in the sewer. Yeah, we think it lives in the sewer. We think it lives in the sewer. Yeah, I did notice it that, was kind of It just kind of like, uh Well, but in the, I mean, in the book and in the old movie, they they literally just call it it. Right. So, but the trailer was so quick, I, I didn't know in, in the timeline if that was where that was, it was already being called it at that point. Uh, yeah, or but we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Uh, pro- well, probably because at that point, I think because uh, that's that's probably lining up with uh, later on. Well, the the, the the that that scene's probably supposed to be kind of lining up with the scene from the original where they're looking at the the picture book, mm-hmm. and then they see Pennywise like dancing around and doing flips in the picture and then he comes up and says like I'm your worst nightmare I'm going to kill you all and then he reaches out. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the same thing. And at that point they had all, all of them had experienced it. Right. So my only other complaint about it too though <clears throat> is that it's unfortunate to me at least that they cast Finn Wolfhard because I can't look at him without seeing his character from Stranger Things. The the characters are way too similar and he, Stranger Things was so big. He wasn't even in the trailer. Yes, he was. He was in it a lot. Hardly. No. He was, well, maybe, he wasn't main focus on, but he was part of the group when they were watching the things, and he's also, and when they're riding the bikes and whatnot, he's absolutely there. He has no lines in the trailer. But he stuck out to me, though, because he was the only one that was recognizable. And I see that, though, like them riding their bikes, and that's a scene taken directly out of Stranger Things. 
And so when I see it, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. That's it's just, just for your, me. That's just your dumb brain taking it's, you out of it things is, again, it though. Is. <laughs> no, it is. Though. I see them, though, and I, and I don't think it. I think Stranger Things, though. You know? But I, do you do that with every movie? Like, do you watch, uh, like, did you watch Sweeney Todd this week and go, oh, I just, I keep seeing, I keep seeing, uh, Jack Sparrow. No, because because uh, Johnny Depp reinvents himself for every for every movie. This is literally he's playing the same kid. It's the same role in two different movies. Yeah. It's back in the eighties. It's very Amblin. He's riding his bike with his friends, and there's something on the loose that his friends need to figure out. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same premise. He's playing the exact same character. Yeah. Well. So. Anyway, let's move on from. Screw from yourself. It. <laughs> All right. It does look good, though. I'm not going to say that it doesn't look good. The movie looks, aside from my reservations, it does look very competently made. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the director of Mama. He's We know that he's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say the movie's going to be bad. I just don't think that I'm going to be as crazy about it as everybody else. That's all. Well, you can go right to hell, Mike. Sure can. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, next up. Uh, you um, can pretty much take the news from here because I don't have a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, Hellraiser Judgment. We've been talking about that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The guy that is playing the new Pinhead, uh, pardon me, I did not write his name down, but uh, he said in in an interview that um, the new Hellraiser sets up for sequels. So we're not done with the Hellraiser series, which is a good thing. Uh, He also had mentioned that uh, Hellraiser Judgment might not be the best place for new fans to jump in. And it actually does pick up in the series. Uh-huh. It's not like a remake. It's not like a retelling or anything. Like he was saying, you might need to watch one, two, and even four to really get the character before you watch our movie. Really? Which I think is a pretty bold move nowadays with these old you know franchises. Everybody wants to do remakes. Everybody wants to start fresh, and yeah, they're yeah. just they're going whole hog sticking to the story. That's cool. And that's what I've been wanting to see too, because everything that comes out, and it's like, oh, they're coming out with a yep. new this. Oh no, it's a remake of the uh, original. Yep. Yep, yep. And, and they're they're not though, which is awesome. I, I like he that. also said that they that to his knowledge, uh, they're using little to no CGI, mm, cool. which is really awesome. Yeah, very cool. His and name then, is uh, Paul T. Taylor, by ah, the way. There it is. Yeah. Uh, and then also the movie is very torture porny, which I would uh, torture porn is not my favorite genre ever. However, for a Hellraiser movie, I yeah. think it fits perfectly well, fine. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> essentially what Pinhead's yeah. all about. Like he brings like. He tortures people. He he well he and he, he loves porn. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, like he 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 gets satisfaction out of inflict, inflicting pain, mm-hmm. and he says like you know I will I, I will have sh- such sights. I have to such show sights. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna say that. To so the next yeah, time. like if there's any movie where torture porn like torture porn aspects yeah. are appropriate, it's it's, it's a, Hellraiser, it's a Hellraiser movie for uh, sure. Speaking of Hellraiser. Doug Bradley mm. is capitalizing, I think, on a lot of this Hellraiser talk with this new movie coming out, because he and Tom Savini are teaming up to do a meet and greet at Mad Monster Arizona 2017. They should call it a meet and greet, like M-E-A-T. Ooh. <laughs> um, what kills me about this, though, is that Doug Bradley has been pretty vocal about not, vocal about not wanting to play the character ever again. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then now, after the success of the Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger meet and greet, or the one last time, suddenly, mm. now, now Doug Bradley wants to do it and make a whole bunch of money. And mm-hmm. like, it's like, come on, man. Um, well, can you blame him for wanting to make a bunch of money? No, no. It just, it just seems like kind of... Dickish timing <laughs> to well, capitalize on the movie. Not and all to that, mention, you know? he was a. I mean, like you were saying earlier, uh, when, before we started, he was kind of a jerk about the whole. No, uh, like clause, the new, yeah. yeah, like the new Hellraiser movie, and 
Well, so they tried to sign him on, and then when he they, wouldn't they, sign on, they wanted him to sign something. No, that would... no, they went to him. They went to him with the script, and they said, "We want you for the movie. We have, we're not. We wrote this for you. Like this is a yeah, movie. You're, you're Pinhead. You're Pinhead. Yeah. And uh, they, but the thing is, they wanted him to sign a um, <clears throat> a, a, a non disclosure agreement, because they wanted to keep it secret. Sure. They just didn't want anybody talking about the movie, so that it was a secret. And and he refused. He just refused to keep it a secret. I mean, and that's he that's, thought it was so dumb. Standard and, operating procedure for any movie, and really, isn't he it? He went he went online and blasted him, and like there was a big thing about it. I feel like there's got to like, be more underneath. I don't think he's just a dick. I think he's a crotchety old man at this point. Hmm. <laughs> he's Weird. been burned by the franchise so many times. I mean, look at Hellworld. Probably the <laughs> worst, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, Hellworld Revelations was worse than Hellworld. Wasn't I it? know. I thought Revelations was better. Really? Yep. The one with the fat pinhead? Fat pinhead. No, well, <laughs> normal-sized pinhead, in all fairness. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Doug Bradley's tiny. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Fat, as in, like, my size. Uh, anyway, moving on. Robert fat, Rodriguez is set to direct a remake of Escape from New York. Rob Rod? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Rob Rod. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not always on board with remakes, but I fucking love Robert Rodriguez. A remake of uh, what? <laughs> Escape, Escape from New York. Nice. So, And, and I, I believe that I read that Carpenter will be producing. So it's like, that's a win-win. If you're gonna if you're gonna re- remake a movie, get a guy that makes good movies to do it. You no know? Kurt Russell, no good. Well, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be in it somewhere. Yeah, he will. <laughs> now, who do you think would do would would do the Snake Plissken uh, character justice though? Um, I got my eye on Rob Schneider. <laughs> I think he can really bring. Really bring some chops to I don't know. Room. I think he's developing the new Deuce Bigelow movie as we speak. So <laughs> you <he> might... <laughs> can do it! <laughs> so he might not be available. <laughs> uh, that right. was a serious question. Do you do you have any oh. good ideas for uh, a Snake Plissken? Um, don't think about it too hard. No. We can move on if you want. No, I really... Off the top of my head? Think about it. We'll we'll circle back if we want to. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't rack your Hardy. brain too much. Tom Hart. Tom Hardy? No. He was already Mad Max. You can't have that's him. That's true. That's true. I said that weird. I said Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> wrong and Foss is on the wrong syllable. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Um, uh, up, 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 up. I got to scroll down here. Computers are hard. So the new, I don't, we, we don't make a habit of uh, announcing new movies, but this trailer blew me away. So I'm going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There is a new Luc Besson movie coming out. Mm-hmm. A guy who did Leon the Professional and The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. And this movie looks insane. It's called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Looks so good. It's like the fifth element on every bit of crack you can possibly put it on. I do love the fifth element. Um, it's very Star Wars inspired, like Avatar inspired, and very like Del Toro world inspired. Mm-hmm. And it looks crazy. It's like it's like it's it's like Luke Besson's like did you, did you opus. Just, like, did you like just say hold on? Opus. Did you just say it's very Avatar inspired, very Star Wars inspired, and? Very Del Toro, like like the world then, looks like it's something that Del Toro would make. Because yeah, I was gonna say those, are, neither one of those are Del Toro. No, 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 no. Just like like the worlds that Del Toro makes. Yeah, I'm like on the same the page. Hellboy, now. like like Hellboy Golden Army. That world is incredible. Yeah. Very much. It looks like what Jupiter Ascending probably should have been. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, I've heard. Actually, no, I haven't. It looked like, like a, a It looked like a pile of shit yeah, to me. I know so some I people that have, I know some people that have seen it and said that it's not near as bad as everyone says that it really? is. Really? But. Take it for what it is. Um, Mick Garris 
is creating a new Masters of Horror anthology series. Really? Yes. Cool. Sounds like it's just going to be a film, not like a TV series. But well, Mick Garris was he he created created the original. He also did Fear itself, which was Uh, the uh, the spinoff of that. Yeah. so yeah, so he's uh, he's doing a new one. There's really no information on it other than the fact that he's developing it. But Mick Garris knows everybody. Yeah, like everybody who's everybody who is important in the world of horror. And so and pretty much everybody will work with yes. him. So yes, That's he brought cool. John Carpenter basically out of retirement. Really? Yeah. He uh, when John Carpenter did his Masters of Horror episode, uh, Cigarette Burns, mm-hmm. uh, that Carpenter didn't want to do it, and Mick Garris. Talked him into it, and that's what kind of re-sparked his filmmaking love. That's the nice thing about um, about that series too is it, you know if it you you do a sh- you do a run of it, falls off, it gets canceled or whatever. It's the type of thing that you can always come back to. Yeah. Masters of Horror. I mean, it's it, it you can you can revamp it yep. a dozen times. Well, tales. Or, look, at, look at tales from the crypt. Tales from the crypt is all short stories like that, and they went for. Eight, eight seasons yeah that's you know you can, you can do it absolutely yeah um, my last bit is that uh, we just had an anniversary of the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. uh, Entertainment Weekly got the entire cast minus Anthony Stewart head which is very depressing oh yeah um, he was probably doing badass stuff though I'm gonna just say that uh, anyway though they talked to Joss Whedon Joss Whedon sounds like he's not ruling out doing a future Buffy something but but mm. uh, <laughs> doing that future Buffy butt. Um, <laughs> but but <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller, speaking of Buffy butt, says no. She doesn't want to see it. So he won't do it without her. That being said, I don't think it would be that difficult to persuade her to do more with a nice paycheck. <laughs> I don't think she's doing a whole lot right now. Um, well, except for just like sitting on her millions of dollars and enjoying her life. Sure, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a lot of those people, you know, you you, you put enough incentive behind it and they'll do it. So sure. Um, she said that she doesn't want to tarnish the legacy and that she loves the fact that it can exist in comics and stuff still, which it does. So if they come to her with like some really good, they might some really good material, she might jump on. I think Joss Whedon, even though he's not. He's not saying no definitively, though. I feel like he would need to really have a good reason to do it, too. Because he's yeah. not the kind of guy that's just going to do something for a check. He's not... Like, Buffy's his baby, you know? Like, yeah. So, but the idea that it could happen in the future mm-hmm. is 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 exciting. Because I grew up with that show. I love that show. Um, I was meant to watch it and never... Did. I mean, oh, I, I so watched good. some of it with you guys. Uh, you and Brian when we all lived together. But I... I, I uh... Never I really actually, got into Buffy it. has a lot to do with our, our episodes today because Anthony Stewart Head, who played Giles, shows up in two of the movies. Mm-hmm. Plus, I watched the Buffy the Vampire Slayer award Emmy winning uh, musical, musical episode. episode? Well, so. I'll be damned. You that's got it. N- that's it. That's the news. Boom! That was the news. That was the news. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it's that, that you, means it's what? Oh, you were about to. You almost uh, did. No, I was you about to say, I guess it's time to talk about some movies that <laughs> we watched. You were not. Um, anyway, uh, so let's talk about some movies that I watched. Yeah, let's um, do that. Because you know I watched I didn't. a flick. <laughs> I, yeah, I watched a flick called In Their Skin this week. Have you ever heard of this movie? Um, yeah, I have. I've owned it for a few years, never watched it. And I finally put it in. I've when did this come out? It. I thought it was a fairly came out new. in 2012. Oh, okay. well, yeah, still yeah, fairly I, new. Yeah. I still owned it for a few years. Um, directed by a guy named Jeremy Powell Rejibal. Mm-hmm. Rejimbal, maybe that's how you say it. 
Um, this movie is crazy good. Um, it's it's a it's 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 a identity stealing home invasion type type horror flick, mm-hmm. uh, and it's awesome. The first third of the movie is the most awkward thing you will ever watch in your life. And if there's one thing that is worse than 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 movies that are just scary, you know, not mm-hmm. worse than that. What, what am, how am I trying to say this? Like like. Horror movies that scare you, that if you're legitimately scared by, can affect you, and that sucks to live with. You know, it's awesome, but it sucks to live with, right? Watching a movie that just makes you feel awkward, though, well, like, is like uh, constant nails on a chalkboard. Like the invitation <laughs> yes. that we watched, if you like the whole first the, third of that movie is the like invitation terribly uncomfortable. Looks like Fraggle Rock compared to the beginning of this movie. Really. It's so... I, I just literally stop it and get up and walk around my house to, like, <laughs> settle my nerves because I couldn't take it. Like I said, it's like nails on a chalkboard bad. Uh, it's just really bizarre. Well, you have a hard time with stuff like that, though. I do, Especially I Especially, in, like, in, in comedy. Like, I really love The Office. You always said I could never watch The Office because it's just too awkward. I've come around to it, but it is very awkward. It, it's, it's unsettling to me. Awkwardness weirds me out for some reason. That's how I was with it, too. Like, the constant moving camera angles and... Yeah, it's it's just well. He means like the actual like uh, like the actual subject matter too. Gotcha. Like, like how- the dialogue, like you sitting in a room with people you don't know, and there's just really awkward small talk. And then people are asking you weird things, but you don't know them, and you're yeah. trying and to be good. Like and then somebody says something uncomfortable, and everybody gets quiet just for a weird. second. <laughs> but that's the one where the, the camera's always like the office swaying. Yeah. Oh, like, the uh, office. Oh, the yeah, because it's yeah. shot like yeah. documentary style. Right. Yeah. So it's always like it's not just and then it zooms in, zooms out, moving out. Yeah. I, I can't watch. They do shows that a lot. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Um, so okay, so uh, to give you a synopsis, uh, the Hughes Cottage vacation is uh, violently. I'm sorry. The Hughes's cottage vacation is violently interrupted by a family on a murderous and identity stealing journey in search of the perfect life. Um, the cast in this movie is stellar. Selma Blair has never been better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. She is great. Uh, she's one of those actresses that, that the older she gets, I feel like the more refined she gets in acting. Mm-hmm. And she. Isn't that true for most? Killed this role. <laughs> she killed this role, though. Uh, James Darcy uh, plays. The uh, father who was trying to steal the identities. See the guy that was in Hannibal. I don't know. He wasn't. I don't. Ooh, I didn't watch Hannibal, so don't quote me on that. But he was in Agent Carter. He played Jarvis in a- a- Agent Carter. Okay. And then he was also in. Um, uh, oh, is Jarvis an actual person? Yeah. In Agent Carter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. Jarvis in in the Marvel you're talking, universe. You're talking about like the Iron Jarvis Man. from Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Just he a was voice. a real person. Oh, right on. He was Tony Stark's dad's butler. Oh, okay. Or bodyguard, butler guy, whatever. Um, anyway, James Darcy's in it. Rachel Miner is in it. And if you watch uh, Supernatural, you would know who Rachel Miner is. She played Meg. So if you watch it, that's where I knew her from. And then guy, and then the lead is Joshua Close, mm-hmm. uh, who I didn't know him by name, but I knew him by face. He was the boyfriend in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, if you've seen that. Oh, he yeah, was Jennifer gotcha. Carpenter's boyfriend in that movie. It's mm-hmm. the only thing that I know him from. All of them, though, were amazing. Like, like, really, this this movie just killed it. Like, if you're a fan of acting, you'd love this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it without giving anything away, because it's one of those, why is there just poo all over your screen? Uh, Jim, <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> By the way, I was thinking of Hugh Dancy. Oh, I don't know who From Hannibal. Oh, okay. He's, Darcy, he plays Dancy. Yeah. No, he doesn't play Hannibal. He plays Will Graham. But oh, okay. Like, okay. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Um, anyway, though, Wait, I don't want to give... Have, do you have poop all over your... <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> Why are you looking at poop? Occasionally, when when Mike is going on about something he watched, I pull something random up on the screen. 
and, and try worked. to just leave it there it to <laughs> slightly distract them, make them feel uneasy. Just, just you know, poo. it's like poo emojis, and then there's real poo, and then there's like, <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know. Just Google poo. search poop. That's all. <laughs> Got them. Anyway, I don't want to give too much away about this because it's one of the, it can be spoiled very easily. But I will say, uh, if, it's a, it, it, it's a like I, I saw the trailer a long time ago. It's like there's this family. Who's really kind of perfect, and then there's this other family who kind of wants to be them, well, right? The, the 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 family who wants to be them assumes that they're perfect. You know, it's one of those things. It's got like that that like Aesop's fable type story to go along with it. Like, yeah. uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, um, the what you learn from it, you know, like oh, like a moral, t- a moral. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, it's you know, it's like not everybody is as perfect as you think they are. Right. Everybody has their demons. Everybody <clears throat> has their problems. So you get there's a little bit of that towards the end. Right on. Um, but it's so good. Like it, it really, really is. If if you're a fan of just really good acting, uh, genuinely intense, like just moments, mm-hmm. this movie has it. There's some shit where, like, like I'm watching, I'm watching, watching. Oh, like I was like I jumped and like screamed because like I did not see things coming. <laughs> Uh, maybe not screams, but like mouth agape, like <gasps> <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Um, yeah, no, it's really, really, really good though. So cool. I highly recommend it. Right on. Uh, is that all you watch? That's all I got. All right. Well, then let's talk about some musicals. Let's talk about some musicals. No, that was beautiful, right? <laughs> uh, uh, no, it was not actually. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. Um, okay, so what uh, shall we start with here? Well, first off, how do we feel about musicals? How, well, I, do we like musicals? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for musical. Like, yeah. like just about anything. It doesn't have to be horror. Like, I just, I love Broadway shows. I love uh, musical theater. Do you have I love favorite? musical movies? I sometimes, sometimes like TV shows will do musical episodes. And aside from the Emmy Award winning Buffy one that mm-hmm. you watched. They're usually pretty bad and cheesy. I feel like the the reason that people do musical on t- musicals on TV, mm-hmm. it's because they're fun to make. Honestly, I feel like the cast probably has a blast with those. Oh yeah, and it's more of a it's more of a, a thing for themselves rather than anything else. Yeah, maybe uh, to me. I mean, I know like uh, like Aaron and I watch um, Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like two seasons ahead of me or something like that. But every once in a while, they'll do a musical episode. Yeah. And I just hate them. This patient came no, in no, 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 and no, he's no. dying. No, they, <laughs> they don't write original music. They will do, uh, like, top 40 hits. Oh, that's dumb. And, 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 like, that kind of lyrically. So it's like a bad glee. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's terrible because it's like top 40 hits. But they're like lyrically, they might, they may loosely follow the 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 story arc. Do they do they go into surgery and then suddenly just bust out some careless whisper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very like, soft surgical moves. Just <laughs> terrible stuff like that. And but overall, yes, I love I love musicals. Like I this week. Do you have a favorite musical? Uh, well, hold on this this week. Like as we were. Watching these, I I spent this entire week like watching these movies, and right. then every listening. time I would drive somewhere or or listen to music, I was listening to the soundtrack from these movies. There's some of them that I listen to on a weekly basis, regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular that we'll get to, yeah. but um, yeah. But anyway, favorite musical. What do you guys got? <clears throat> um, Doesn't have to be horror. I'm just curious. Uh, actually, Sweeney Todd does rank really high for me. Okay. Uh, other than that, what you tell me yours first? Uh, I. Oddly enough, my favorite musical 
is Jesus Christ Superstar. That is odd. I uh, because I, you're a terrible, terrible heathen. Yeah, well, I've <laughs> seen it live twice, and it's it's amazing. The music in that in that musical is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically, the singing in it. Not not so much the music as much as the performances. Yeah, especially the one from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I, I don't know the, the guy's name, but Judas is played by uh, a black guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name, but his voice is incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, like, Jesus! <laughs> Send the you the things they say of you. Like, I, I, I have I have it on vinyl. I have it on CD. Like I love that musical mm-hmm. so much. Uh, I don't know. I just love it. I, I think for me, maybe it's be, I'm partial to it because I got to be part of the production for it in high school. Mm-hmm. They did a West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was like super, super over the top, like everything they put into this. And so being on the production side of it, as far as like, I wasn't doing audio and stuff, but I was like uh, just pulling sets out, pulling pulling uh, ropes to raise things and lower things. <laughs> they didn't have Knocking automatic, microphones they didn't have the automatic buttons at the time. So you had to get ropes you had, that would you leave had your rope splinters. You had yeah. to know what like rope out of 60. And it was like, control run over here, do thing. this, pull that out. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, it was badassery. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it, was, it was a lot of cool. I may, I may, I, I, I might lose some uh, street cred, but I actually really like the sound of music. <laughs> the sound. That's know. a fantastic. <laughs> I was part. I was part of the the stage production in high school. Uh huh. And also, uh, I I don't know. The movie's fantastic. I think the music from. I I don't know. I've always was loved. Your, was your favorite part the Nazis? <laughs> I did. I really liked the Nazis because you know I'm blonde hair, blue eyes, so oh, I kind of fit in with that whole. Well, I don't like Nazis, by the way, if anybody's listening, just as a disclaimer. Uh, well, that's our musical episode. We've <laughs> talked about our favorites. All right, cheer, uh, cheers, boys. <laughs> ah, cheers. <laughs> All, right. All right, so let's get into one that you started with, then. Let's start with Sweeney Todd. Let's start with let's Sweeney do it. Todd. I, I have not seen Sweeney Todd before this episode. Um, I had not seen it. And I had. And I love it. Uh, it's from 2007. It was directed by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, um, well, the infamous story... Oh, actually, I should probably hold on. <laughs> Screwing it up already. The infamous story of Benjamin Parker, aka Sweeney Todd, who sets up a barber shop down in London Town, which is the basis for a sinister partnership with his fellow tenant, Mrs. Lovett, based on the hit Broadway musical. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is it. It's about a. It's about a guy. If you haven't seen it, it's about a guy who. Um, he he's a barber in London. Where's a skunk for a toupee? <laughs> well, not yet. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of jumping back in history here. He's uh he's just a he, he's a nice fellow. He's got a, a barber shop in town in London, and he's got a beautiful young wife mm-hmm. and a and a and a newborn baby daughter. And the beautiful wife gets the attention of. Uh, of a uh, devious judge in town who has a lot of power, who in this movie is played by Alan Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> judge Turpin is played by Alan Rickman. Um, and he, you know, throws his weight around and ends up just having Benjamin Barker thrown in prison for f- like 15 years for mm-hmm. no damn reason whatsoever. Uh, just so well, that it's he, not even prison. Like he, like he's across the ocean. Yeah, he's uh, he's exiled. Yeah. I, th- I think in the play they sent him to Australia. If I'm okay. well, because Australia was originally founded as a, a, a like a that's true. No, you're you're a, absolutely a right. prisoner settle, yep. settlement or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he gets sent away. I, I think that his uh, Judge Turpin's original intention is to send him away for life. Yes, 
But uh, so he gets sent away so that uh, Turpin can move in on the beautiful wife and uh, and steal the baby. And well, the wife the wife ends up out of the picture in one way or another, and uh, and so the judge Turpin takes on Joanna, the mm-hmm. baby, as his ward. And he's very, very overprotective of her. He basically keeps her in a room her entire now, life. Okay. I, I did have a question on this. When when he says that she is his ward, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Uh, like I'm he, not familiar with the term ward. Like it, like he is in charge of it, it's like a like a like a guardian. Okay, but not a father figure. Uh, well, I mean, obviously he's because he tried because, raised because in the a, movie he does try to get with her, and that's a he, very weird thing. <laughs> he does he does intend to marry her at one point in yeah. time, but no, it's not. It's it's like a an adoption. I gotcha. You know, so uh, Sweeney Todd, it's a really cheap way to get a wife. Just, just <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you just uh, you you adopt a baby, and then fifteen years later you marry him. <laughs> what a uh, dirty old bastard! Only life was that easy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, this movie was directed by Tim Burton, as yes. I said, so Jay's never seen it. I'll give you one guess who the lead is played played by. Uh, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, there you go, oh he nailed it. God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp, big fucking surprise there. Sorry, can you imagine Vin Diesel trying to do the British accent, though? No. <laughs> it would have been amazing. It would be really good. He'd probably... Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I live um, my life a musical song at a time. <laughs> Nothing like being on the stage in the spotlights just singing. Hey, governor. <laughs> um, so, hey, hey, governor. I live for the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let me let me talk about Sweeney Todd. All right, so Sweeney Todd and uh, Benjamin Barker, since they're the same person, are played by Johnny Depp. I didn't even finish the, the synopsis because you keep veering off. So oh, 15, bl- 15 years later... Fifteen years later, Benjamin Barker shows back up in town, and he's hardened. Yes. And he his hair is a completely different color for some reason. <laughs> it went from being light brown to jet black with a White skunk stripe, stripe in it. <laughs> um, and now he goes by the name Sweeney Todd, and he's back in town, and he's looking for sweet, sweet revenge. Sister is Corella DeVille? Yeah. Or uh, the bride of Frankenstein? That's actually where it came from. <laughs> is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, pretty okay. sure. I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere that the the idea of it came from because they wanted to do because Frankenstein. Uh, there's a lot of uh, very different elements they took for this movie. Yeah, and I think that was one of them. Okay, uh, as far as design goes, right on. Are you sure you weren't thinking about uh, Phantom of the Paradise? No, no, no. I, I, as, as I was saying that, I knew I knew you were going to say that, but yeah. no. I did read they took a lot of elements from classic horror movies right because they wanted to make a timeless thing. Like, this is not set, the movie's not set in any particular time period, and it's sort of an amalgamation of a lot of old times. There's no, there's no dates in this. I watched the special features on the disc after we watched it. Mm, how much did you read about the original play, though? Uh, it was This was not about the original play. This is just about oh, Burton's okay. vision. Alright, anyway, so Johnny Depp shows back up in town. He's traveling with a, a young a young sailor named uh, Anthony, who's played by Jamie Campbell Bower, and he says he's headed back to Fleet Street. Because the full name of this movie is called Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Uh... He's headed back to Fleet Street to get his business up and running, and uh, and he knows that he's just out for revenge. Um, so he shows up. He he sees that uh, Mrs. Lovett, played mm-hmm. by Helena Helena Bonham Carter, is still doing business. She's got a meat pie Wife shop. Wife of John. Wife of who? John. John. Lovett. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking? Shut up. <laughs> it's not even spelled the same. Um, 
And uh, and she, you get you get the sense very quickly that she was in love with him even yeah. back when he had his wife and everything like that. So, they uh, long story short, they come up with this plot to where he can get his revenge, and she can make her business better by uh, making people into pies. <laughs> People pies. People pies, mate. <laughs> there's a, uh, just scrolling through the photos, a lot of Harry Potter characters. Yes, there's there four. Are, there's there's four. actually, four. yeah, Johnny Depp, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman, and, oh no, I'm sorry, uh, not Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman, Timothy Spall, uh-huh. who mm-hmm. plays Beetle, which is, uh, he's he's kind of... He's the rat face. Yeah, he's, yep. he's uh, uh, Judge Turpin's little sidekick. And then uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer, who plays Judge Anthony. Judge Turpin's little shit. <laughs> Anthony, uh, Jamie. Oh, God, you got me all <laughs> messed up. But uh, all four of those people are in, not only in uh, um, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, but I think all four of them are in Alice in Wonderland, too. Uh, I think you might be right. I'm not going to quote you on that, I but you might be right. I can't remember. Now, or, or there's Johnny four Depp, other though, people. Johnny Depp is in Fantastic Beasts. Right. Ja- so. uh, Jamie Bauer plays Gellert Grindelwald in uh, Harry Potter, and and Johnny Depp plays that same character mm-hmm. in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, Helena Bonham Carter plays Bellatrix Lestrange, Alan Rickman plays Snape, and Timothy Spall plays Peter Pettigrew. Uh, that has nothing to do with this movie, though. <laughs> um, I what I what I loved about this movie is the uh, is the songwriting in it. It's very non uh, like when you listen to the the songs, it's not normal in the way they sing them. It's very wordy mm-hmm. and it's very like there's real no rhythm to it. Very crazy syncopation works. and yeah. stuff too. Um, actually, Helena Bonham Carter had to like really practice because there's that first number that she does where. It, it's kind of all over the place, mm-hmm. and she has to pretend to be baking pies at the same time. Yeah. So she said that was one of the biggest challenges was like learning well, how to. She actually trained by learning her her singing lines and baking pies at the same time. Right. She <laughs> learned how to bake. Like she legitimately went through the motions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I one of the things that I so that's what I loved about it. It was like the structure of the song. I mm-hmm. thought it was really cool. It's very interesting to listen to. Yeah. The problem with it though, and you said that you didn't have this problem. But I did. I had to watch it with subtitles. Um, yeah. I I could not pick out more than a couple of words every ten words. Really? When they were singing, I couldn't do it. Really? Me and my my roommate Jen, we were both watching it. And we're like, we have no clue what they're saying. Well, everybody's got really heavy accents. And when you're singing, it makes it worse yeah. because, and I mean, I I I used to be a singer because <laughs> you know. We, well, I tried. Well, I tried. Did you really though? Point is, whenever we would record, though, you guys would always say, "Oh, stop dragging your the end words out or whatever, and, and say the syllables." And they don't do that at all in this movie. Like they drag like, like instead of saying "and close the door," they would be like "and close the door." <laughs> like yeah, like. You just, I mean, you just did the exact same. Close the door. Like, I don't, <laughs> shut up. You, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, they, I, the, I, the syllables are weird, especially with that accent. I get and what you're saying. Like, things out. Well, even, like, even English singers, you're not typically used to, like, uh, uh, English singers lose their accents when they're singing. They do. A lot of times. But in Gavin this, Rosdale is one. Right. right. When just listening to Bush, I was like, he sounds like he's an American. Right. But then you hear him talk, and it's like, 
I wrote calm down. And then you get the opposite. You get Green Day. And when I was little, when Dookie came out, I'm like, oh, these dudes are like from England. This sounds, this sounds so cool because they're singing like this in the boat. Go, go. Welcome to paradise. And then you hear him talking. I was like, he's like from California. He's just a surfer, dude. Um, anyway, though, I had a hard time following it, though. Point, the point of all that, I had a really hard time following it. Yeah, I've so never I really re- had a problem with accents and stuff, so I didn't. I would recommend if you're going to watch the movie and you haven't seen it, though, don't feel bad if you need to do that because yeah. I had to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, uh, to 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 kind of finish up the story here, he uh, he ends up killing people, and they decide a good way to get rid of the bodies is to they send them straight straight down to her bakery, and she cooks people into meat pies, and then business is booming for her. Sorry, my chair She's, is very squeaky right now. I don't know why. Well, stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's she's following she's continuously falling more and more in love in, with him throughout the story. Mm-hmm. He's just got his eye on the prize. He wants revenge. He wants to kill Judge Turpin, and uh, and that's there's really no swaying him from his grand scheme. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's I, it's pretty tragic by the end. Like it, it it's not a real happy ending. No, no. One of the highlights of the movie for me was absolutely Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. So good. He plays he plays a <laughs> I'm not going to give too much away, so I'll just say he plays a, a Spanish guy. A rival barber. Right, a rival barber who uh in order for Sweeney to kind of get his clientele back up, he shows up at this town square area where uh Sasha Baron Cohen's character Pirelli mm-hmm. is doing a demonstration and he challenges him to a, a shave off basically, like who can shave the fastest and the cleanest and he wins. So, like, you know, then all of a sudden there's word around town that there's this new barber in town that can give you this amazing shave. Mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen's not exactly what he seems. He, I, I'll say this, he's the one that ends up getting offed first. Yes. It's pretty brutal, too. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of blood in this movie. <laughs> there is a... T- Tim, Tim Burton, actually, there's, because they, you know, they don't do the blood in the stage play, obviously. No. Burton so wanted it though. Burton's like, I want a lot of blood because he because I feel like it's the physical representation. It's the physical representation of uh, Sweeney Todd's like, like cathartic release. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's yep. had fifteen years to pent up all this aggression, and so when he slits somebody's throat, it's, it fucking sprays it. everywhere. It. Yeah, it's so it's pretty cool. So after the. the, the <laughs> So that part's brutal, right? The the most brutal part about the entire movie, though, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is he's got this crazy mechanical chair that he builds. So after he kills somebody, it leans backwards, and a trap door on the floor opens, and they slide down to the oh, basement. Dude, when they hit the when ground. they hit the <laughs> ground every single time, it's like, oh god, because like, they land they land head first, and then their neck so their neck snaps and blood sprays out the, of their whatever head. Whatever dummies they use to do it had like the most perfect proportion of weight. Yeah, and so when they hit. It's like a real body just crashing to the floor. <laughs> and, and it's so just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, this I love great. it. Yeah, I, great. I really love this movie. Um, you brought up earlier Anthony Head yep. from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Giles? Yes, Giles. Anthony Stewart Head from Buffy shows up in this movie. Yes. And it's weird because you, I mean, he's a pretty well-known actor. And, uh, and if you've ever seen him sing, he's got an Pipes. incredible voice. Yeah. And uh, he just shows up for like 15 seconds in this movie. And I actually didn't catch it the first time I saw the movie, and I, I caught it this time. And uh, 
He was originally, him and, and Christopher Lee were originally supposed to play two ghosts who uh, sing the the ballad of Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. which is actually completely missing from this movie. Yep. And then they were supposed to come back for the epilogue. Uh, I They actually recorded their version of the ballad of Sweeney Todd. It's like, my, that's my favorite number <laughs> from the stage play. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them. I mean, the whole, the whole thing's amazing. But I'd love to hear it with... Well, they, if they record it, it's got to be they, somewhere. Yeah, it's got to be out there somewhere. I would love to hear it with Anthony Head and Christopher yeah. Lee because it's probably amazing. Yeah, I remember when we were watching it, we had just gotten done watching Repo, which we may or may not get to. Ooh. Spoilers. Um, anyway, though, uh, and and it, he's in the movie for a split second. Like They cut his entire part, mm-hmm. yet they kept one little snippet of him in, and mm-hmm. he's not even credited in the movie. Yeah. And in that two seconds where you see him, me and Jen both go... Giles, it's Giles. <laughs> like we both noticed him right away. Um, yeah, that was. I, I wish that I would have seen the version of the movie with him in it, though, just because I'm, I'm such a huge fan of his. Yeah, for sure. I understand um, why they cut out the uh, the the ballad because it's 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 at the beginning of the movie. It's the prologue or the the stage play. It's the prologue, and it basically tells you the entire story of the play. Yeah. Which, for some reason, that works for stage, and it doesn't really work for movies. Mm-hmm. So I get I, I get why they took it out. Yeah. But I would love to hear that version. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, moving on. <laughs> also, we spent a lot of time on Sweeney Todd. <laughs> just, just two little statistics. Body count of 12. Uh, number of kids getting completely wasted on gin, one. one. <laughs> <laughs> they, just fuck, they just feed that kid gin in the movie. I, I didn't even bring up the did kid. It, did it remind you of your childhood? There's a kid, and he gets <laughs> wasted on gin, and it's kind of funny. It's like, uh, that's probably the way it actually was back then. Oh, I'm sure. Like, kids just got drunk. There was drunk. no laws. <laughs> no. It was a lawless wasteland. Lawless. Anyway, that's Sweeney Todd. What do you want? Uh, what do you got next? Let's uh, let's let's switch gears for a moment. Mm-hmm. Let's get in some comedy, shall we? Okay. Who hasn't seen Little Shop of Horrors? Um, nobody in the world. You've seen yeah, it, right? I've seen it. Yeah, right. Right, right. That's, we, that's, that's, first, that's the whole world. When we first talked about doing a musical episode, that was my first go-to. Was like, we have to do Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, it, let's let's be honest. It's more of a comedy, but it's a monster movie too. Yeah. So it absolutely fits our purposes. Um, I forgot how many. First off, I forgot how good the movie was. Yeah, it's so good. I forgot good. how incredible the creature effects are. And I forgot how many cameos were in this movie. Oh yeah, I as much I as I love too. it, I forgot everything about it. Yeah, it, well, I haven't I haven't seen it since I I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid, but I'm I'm sure I haven't seen it since I was like 10, 12 years old, something like that. So I, I had a lot of fun rewatching mm-hmm. it, and uh, like you said, I didn't realize how many how many cameos yeah. were in it. It's crazy. I, I just forgot about them. I I popped in the old uh, the old LD. Oh yeah, laser La- laser disc. <laughs> you think it's a silver record? There's that movie on there. <laughs> it's not a silver record. There's a movie on there. Um, so Little Shop of Horrors, starring Rick Moranis as the titular character. Uh, Seymour Krellborn. Yep. Yep. Uh, then you have uh, Ellen Green, who plays Audrey. 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 <laughs> uh, and then Steve Martin, who plays Audrey's abusive doctor boyfriend. Oren Scrivello, DDS. Oren Scrivello. Now, the... well, don't forget Levi Stubbs from the Four Tops. Yep. Yeah, because oh. he is—he's he, <laughs> the, the fucking voice. star of the show. I just haven't gotten there yet, but yes, yeah. he plays the voice of Audrey too. He's the best, and he's so he's good. He's the best, dude. The um, the first number that he does. Sorry, just the, the first number that he does. The feed me number, mm-hmm. man. So awesome. Well, they had originally approached um, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy 
to do the voice Ooh, of Seymour. I'm glad that they didn't. I can see it though. No, I can absolutely see Eddie Murphy doing it. Like if they were to remake that nowadays, I could I would absolutely cast Eddie Murphy doing that that voice. I don't think that he would have I he doesn't what? have the he doesn't have the pipes for the it. animation? No, he doesn't have the pipes. For the singing, you're right. Yeah. For the singing, you're right. But for the voice, though, for the talking parts, he'd be perfect for it. Yeah. It's too recognizable at this point, you know? Yeah. Well, he's an actor. He acts different. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, if you've don't, if you never seen Little Shop of Horrors, um, the, it's about a nerdy florist who finds his chance for success in romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed. Feed me. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. <laughs> it's so good. Um, uh, it was directed by Frank Oz. Yes. Who uh, Yoda. you would know as Yoda. Yoda. And, Y-O-D-A, Yoda. And pretty much every character on Sesame Street. He's. How did I not know that Frank Oz was a Sesame Street? Or no, uh, the Muppets, not Sesame Street. <laughs> okay, I was about to oh, say. Oh, no, it is. No, I think he's, actually, I think he's done both. No, because well, where's, he Henson. He's where's Grover def- from? Is Grover from? Yeah, he's yeah he's done Sesame Street and Muppets then. Really? Because I know he's Miss Piggy. Yeah. From the Muppets, but he's also he's also done like Grover and uh, any uh, of those Cookie Cookie Monster, like yeah, yeah, like he's. That I didn't know. Um, Speaking of Hensons, though, uh, the Jim Henson Company did the animatronics and the and the puppetry for Audrey too. Did they? Which is why it's so amazing. Oh man, Audrey two, especially especially in full grown Audrey two, yeah, is it's it's some of the best creature effects practical that I've ever seen, and it still holds up to this day. Oh yeah, flawlessly. Um, it's amazing. My favorite, my like, I I really love uh, so like that first number that he does called Feed Me. Mm -hmm. That's that's my favorite as far as him. like how animated he is, because mm-hmm. that was the right size to where they could really, really do some stuff with it. Yeah. But not to not to take anything away from when he is large, because that's yeah. I think he's better too. large, personally. I, I I don't know. I just there's so much personality in him in that in that number where he's only like six feet tall. I think that was awesome. Uh, anyway, I interrupted you a long time ago. Oh, Why don't no, you no, keep no. going? I was just going to say, uh, though we were talking about all the, the cameos that's in it. Yeah. You have Jim Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Guest, Bill Murray. Come on. <laughs> the, the, that's I lo- the best. I love... Uh, it's go- also the only move that Bill Murray and Steve Martin were ever in together. Really? Yep. That's surprising. The only one. It is It is actually really shocking. But- yeah. It seems like... Because that's a, that's a pretty dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. And they were great in the mm-hmm. scene that Bill Murray was in. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Guest was hilarious when he first shows up because he's just like this ridiculous, almost robotic. Like, wow, what a, what, a, what an interesting looking plant. What an interesting looking plant. What is that? What? Hey, <laughs> it's so good. Um, um, but then Bill Murray, he's uh, just to get into that real quick before we move on with the rest of the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill Murray, his part. It's only about five minutes long, but it's it hilarious. steals the show. It really does. Like he, he basically I, plays a pain junkie who just wants. It's the most random yeah, thing. It, <laughs> it really has no business being in the movie, but I'm glad it's there because uh, uh, because um, Steve Martin's character Oren Scrivello is a he was basically like a sociopathic kid who like mm-hmm. killed animals and blah blah blah. And, and as a dentistry, you can just cause pain right. to everyone. <laughs> right. Like his mom said, someday you're gonna find a way to make your tendencies pay. I think that's actually verbatim what it says in the song. And uh 
and so he becomes, you'll be a dentist. <laughs> and he becomes a dentist so that he can inflict, inflict pain on people and get paid for it. Which, I have a lot of friends who are dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me guess, so that's I kn- the best part of their job. So I know, that, I, know that they, I know that they would probably take issue with, the, with that sentiment, but come on, let's be real here. Yeah. Like, nobody enjoys going to the dentist. Except you know, you for know, You Bill know they Murray. pull out those crazy looking tools and they go... Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, oh yeah! Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to just murder you. Um, <laughs> Bill Murray plays this guy Arthur Denton, who's just giddy about getting in the in the chair, and it's funny the dynamic because usually Steve Martin's character gets so much pleasure out of doing dentistry because he's causing pain, but Bill Murray the entire frustrated. time, yeah, the entire time Bill Murray's in the chair, he's just like, oh yeah, oh I'm gonna get a candy bar. <laughs> I'm going to get a candy bar. Harder. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. You have to uh, see it, I guess. Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, anyway, why don't you continue so, with the rest of the plot? So Rick Moranis' character loves Audrey. Audrey. Loves Audrey. And, uh, and and he'll do anything to get her. And when, he, so he, I don't want to give anything away, but he, he makes it to where the boyfriend is no longer in the picture and he tries to get the girl. And Seymour's eating people and it's just crazy life weirdness that Seymour's not eating people or, or Audrey, too. Audrey too is well, and, yeah and Seymour and just uh, cutting them off to be, to be fair Seymour didn't really Seymour didn't take Oren out of the picture specifically to get with Audrey well no he was a dick like he <laughs> yeah Oren was yeah yeah uh, Seymour has the best intentions in every situation sure, like he sure. never planned on stealing her from him because he didn't think that he deserved her because he's sure. such a little That's dweeb true. But he um, cared about her enough. Yeah, he did love her secretly. And she secretly loved him back, but she didn't think that she deserved a nice guy. Because mm-hmm. she was just, you know, some skid row gutter trash. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, are those uh, are basically her words, not mine. Oh, Seymour, <laughs> you're too nice to the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Ellen Green, uh, first off, Ellen Green's the only person who actually did the movie who was in the stage play. Oh, was she? She played she played Audrey in the stage play as well. Mm-hmm. And she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't know I don't know what you need to do to hit that vocal range in talking, but whatever she's doing, it's great because it works. Like she's the most animated character in the entire she, movie, uh, I think, you know? I love there's a right when he reveals Audrey too. He says, um, uh, um, um, what's the boss's name? Mushlitsky or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Crap, why the hell? Uh, Mushnik. Mushnik. Mushnik uh, says, what do you call it? And he says, I I call it Audrey too. (laughs) That was a good good (laughs) request. And she goes... After me, <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, yeah. I hope you don't mind. And then she just goes, ah! yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this little squeak. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like just heart, like little. My th- heart just melted <laughs> at that point. I was like, oh. <laughs> there's something. Uh, th- there's something so in- charming. There's like- something endearing about the way she she acts in that movie. But like, it, because there's a Aaron watches uh, Orange Is the New Black, mm-hmm. and there's a character in Orange Is the New Black who talks just like that. And like I said, there's something endearing on screen about it, but in real life, you would never oh, be yeah, able to handle terrible. it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, did you know that at the end of this movie, uh, not to give anything away, but there's a, there's a decently happy ending. Whatever. I actually watched the director's cut. Oh, did you? Yeah. Where they all spoilers. I, I watched the I watched the ending that doesn't end happy. 
Oh, yeah. I have never seen this. Oh. So you need to uh, fill daddy in. I actually. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Never, ever, ever. <laughs> it just kind of flew out of my mouth. I didn't, yeah. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Never say that again. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on and fill daddy. <laughs> I can't do it. Come on and fill daddy in. Can you at least grab daddy another beer? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh, I have tears in my eyes right Yo, now. Jeez. Uh, uh, so you don't know how the the unhappy well, I, ending goes. I know how it goes. I've never seen it though. Uh, I actually prefer the unhappy ending. This is the original okay, ending. Okay, okay, okay. Spoilers: they, This movie's from 1986. So yeah, if you've never if you've never seen it, who hasn't? Well, seen this it? is the director's cut, so maybe My some point is, people like, you've haven't seen the original seen it. though. So yeah. Uh, so the the director's cut, the original ending, which they did, uh, you know, they showed to test audiences, and they hated it because it was a yeah, not man. a happy ending. <clears throat> Um, so Seymour in the, in the, does, does he come? Yeah. He comes in and, and Audrey two's trying to eat Audrey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, he pulls Audrey out of Audrey two's mouth and they stumble out into the alleyway and yep. then she dies out there. Really? But you know how she taught, she sings that uh, song, something green Yeah. where she dreams of being someplace or someplace green. Mm -hmm. She says, I want you to take me in after I die and feed me to the plant. And then that way I will become part of the plant and I will fi finally be someplace green. And I want you to be famous and I want you to live your life. So he takes her in, he feeds her to Audrey too. Jesus. And then he gets pissed off and tries to kill Audrey too. But then Audrey too does another musical number, uh, which I think is still in the movie. Uh, and and then Audrey too eats him. And that's how it ends. And No, and then... And then oh. you know how you know how Jim Belushi's character came to him on the roof when he was about to commit suicide. Yes. And says we could we could put an Audrey too in every house in America. Yeah. That happens. Okay. So, so people so wait, so people go ending, out and buy the wait, Audrey too, and so is the plants taking over New York actually in the the version? Yep. Oh, it's actually, not I, not just I New always, York. I've always heard rumors about that. I didn't know they actually filmed it. Though. Yeah, no, it's not just New York. It's every it's every city on Earth. And so there's one more musical number called "Don't Feed the Plants." I think mm -hmm. it's called, and that's and it's sang by the the chorus, the three the three girls, and uh, and they they basically lay out this story about how everybody in America went out and bought an Audrey too. And they were connived into feeding it blood, and then they grew and grew and grew. And then the end scene is amazing because it's just hundreds of Audrey twos growing to the size of buildings and just oh destroying my God, everything. I need to see this. It's really cool. I need to see. That. I know they released it on the director's cut Blu-ray, which is what you must have watched. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just I have the laser disc, so clearly <laughs> it's, it's not the director's cut. And he, uh, um, and then at the end it says the end with a question mark. Oh, I wish there was a sequel to yeah. it. So good. Um, damn, 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 damn. Well, speaking of Repo the Genetic Opera, it's the greatest musical probably made in the last 20 years. <laughs> I'm going on record. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big statement. It, it, that's a it, false statement as well. Well, but it's, well it's, my, it's my favorite. It, it is, Repo, if you don't know what we're talking about, you, you need to see it. It's, it is my favorite musical, I think, probably ever. Next to Jesus Christ Superstar, honestly. I was going to say, didn't you already tell us your yeah, favorite no, musical? Yeah, no, next to it, though. Mm -hmm. Christ, Jesus Christ Superstar clearly has, you know, the, the, the 
podium that it stands on. Mm -hmm. uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, though, is 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 almost perfect as far as song goes to me. Mm. I love it. I, I've listened to the soundtrack more times than I've probably listened to most albums. I really like it, don't get me wrong, um, but like, the I mean, the, the songwriting is questionable at times. I love it. I I like it, Just I think, because bit. it's questionable, though. It's weird, and it's a little quirky, and it's a little odd, and Paris Hilton's not a great singer. And, <laughs> like I don't know, but it all works for me. It all <clears throat> works for me. Uh, it's great. Um, what would you like me to read a synopsis? Oh, that would be swell. I've got kind of the long one here. So. Okay, that's fine. In the year 2056, the not-so-distant future, an epidemic of organ failures devastates the planet. Out of the tragedy, out of the tragedy, a savior emerges. Geneco, a biotech company that offers organ transplants for a price. Those who miss their payments are scheduled for repossession and hunted by villainous repo men. In a world where surgery addicts are hooked on pain-killing drugs and murder is sanctioned by law, a sheltered young girl searches for the cure to her to her own rare disease as well as information about her family's mysterious history. After being sucked into the haunting world of Geneco, she is unable to turn back as all of her questions will be answered at the wildly anticipated spectacular event, the Genetic Opera. How does that not sound like the greatest thing ever? I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, uh, who did Saw 2, 3, and 4. He also did a movie called The Barons, which is about the Jersey Devil. And then he, uh, his new one, uh, Avatar, that just came out. Mm -hmm. That's the haunted house weird movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Does he? He didn't. He didn't direct the uh, Devil's Carnival. Uh, he did. He also did the Devil's Devil's Carnival. Yeah. Okay. Um, right on. Yep. That was the, that was actually their follow up <laughs> to Repo because they couldn't get the rights back to do more repos and it was weird. Repo had a very storied past as far as getting made, getting released, and everything else. Um, it's a crazy, crazy story, but um, yeah. So. The the songwriting was by uh, was done by. Um, Do you know um, how to say his name? No, <laughs> give it give it give it a whirl because I don't know how to say it. I think the I I want to say the Z is just silent, right? Okay, so how would you say it? Terence Zunich. I think you're probably close. Actually, actually, I just pronounced the Z. I'm just gonna say Zunich. Zunich. <laughs> the, the, it's the, the Z Z D U N I C H Zunich. Um, that's what I'm gonna say. He's an incredible writer, though. Like, like at least to me, like he wrote. Uh, Repo started off as a stage play. Mm -hmm. They basically wanted to do these little ten-minute snippets of a story, and then they would change them periodically, and they would eventually do the entire story. Now, hold um, on. Did he start off? Because I had this idea a long time ago. Did he start off where he was actually doing kind of local shows? Yes. Like they were jumping on local shows, and they would just do like I don't little. Know about, I don't know about local musical shows, but they would do like local theater shows. I always had the, this idea where like you you put together like a like a musical showcase kind of thing. This was not your idea. No, it wasn't. No, I had this idea like back in high school, dude. Where you would write a play, because you you never showed any interest in writing a musical play, ever. You never asked me. In the ten years that I've known <laughs> you, you've never talked about this, and I've talked about it countless times. This was not your idea. And then you would get on uh, local shows and mm -hmm. just do the excerpts, like one piece at a mm -hmm. time. Is that isn't that yes. this is essentially yes. what they did with this? Yeah, right? I think it was it wasn't with like local music shows. Though. I think it was like local theater. Um. 
is where they would do it and they would get you know they would bring people in and sure. you know advertise it and whatnot um but yeah uh, and darren lynn bowsman actually directed those stage shows mm-hmm. he got brought on to direct the stage shows and they ended up making this uh 10 minute short film to get funding and then it was this big long road they eventually made the movie <laughs> but then like they had a nightmare getting this thing released uh the none of the studio cared about it it wasn't what they they it's a, they, they showed the studio the, the the first cut of it and they go what is this? He goes, we told you we were making a rock opera. And well, this isn't what we expected. And like, it's a rock opera. Like, what, <laughs> what were they You expecting? read the script. You knew exactly. And uh, it got to the point where they rushed to the very, like, like they had to do a showing of, of the, the screening of the film for the first time for investors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they rushed to get the whole movie done and finished. And then somebody grabbed, didn't pay attention. They, they exported through the computer or whatever a version of the movie that wasn't finished and that's what they showed and that was it they never tried to fix it the studio didn't give a shit and like so the funding got cut to release it wide like it was a it was a mess really? well, so the it estimated was budget mess. was like 80 or over 8 million, 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. 8. Yeah. or something yeah. which is and pretty small fries back in the day right but yeah. but looking at their gross was 140,000 yeah yeah they because it Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> they toured. Wow. They toured with it on their own too. Like they actually took it around, toured it like a touring band. Right. So I I don't think that a lot of the money is recouped that were, that was recouped is necessarily on IMDb because I think they pocketed a lot of it. Yeah. Um, is my guess at least. But um, anyway, uh, it's it's amazing. This it's this futuristic uh story about this girl who has a disease. Her father is her doctor and seemingly another character. The Repo Man. Not seemingly, he is. Well, I was trying to not give it away, but then it happened. Um, it's 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 just incredible. Uh, so starring Anthony Stewart Head, who we mm-hmm. had mentioned from Buffy and from Sweeney Todd, mm-hmm. uh, he plays he plays uh, Shiloh, who is the girl played by uh, Alexis Panavega, or Alexis Vega. That was the weird the way you just structured that. What? <laughs> you go. He plays Shiloh, the girl. <laughs> No, you go, uh, Shiloh. He plays Nathan Wallace, who is Shiloh's. Oh. <laughs> I did, you're right. Shiloh's father. Yes. Shiloh's played by Alexis Penavega. Um, Anthony Stewart Head also plays the Repo Man. Yes. Uh, also, the owner of Genco is Paul Servino. Uh, you have uh, his his son, Bill Mosley, and then Ogre, who sings for the band uh, Skinny Puppy. Those are the two sons. And then his daughter, played by Paris Hiltman. Hiltman? Hiltman. Hiltman. <laughs> Uh, and then you have an opera singer, Sarah Brightman, who is an extremely accomplished opera singer in her own right. And they actually got like an actual opera singer. In Which the, is in funny the film. because all of her parts in the movie are my least favorite parts really? of the movie. Really? I love her. Yeah. No, I love no. her parts. Bly Meg's one of my favorites. I don't know. I'm, really? Yeah. Does oh, nothing so for great. me. I mean, I like opera mm-hmm. singing and stuff like that, but there was just nothing that really. I like the character and everything. Yeah. But I just her songs weren't really? my favorite. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. There's actually one of them that I downright do not like. It's the uh, and it's only because of one part. It's the part where she comes into the house and mm-hmm. she's meeting Shiloh for the first time, and there's uh, like the uh, like this little callback thing. It's like a background vocal and it keeps going. Like <laughs> I can't do it because it's super high. But I like it. I know I exactly what you're talking part. about. Ugh. I love it. You hate well, that. difference of opinion. Yeah. Um, Except for you're wrong. Well, you know, uh, I guess uh, I guess Darren Bowsman had actually heard that episode of Buffy that I was talking about. Yeah, 
that's how that's why he wanted Anthony Stewart head is because he <clears> saw <throat> the episode of Buffy where he was singing and loved him. Dude, he's and so that good. Was in a, this movie. That was essentially his audition. He's great. He's really like like in the scenes where the Repo Man's really pissed off is where Anthony Head shines in his singing. Oh, see, I'm... Like, when he's, like, really angry and stuff. Oh, oh I love it. I, I like it more when he's doing the, uh... Like, my my favorite song is the, um... Uh, Legal Assassin. Mm-hmm. He's pretty pissed in that song. Uh, not as pissed as he is in, like, the, uh... Like, the, the scene where he's actually taking the organs from that's people. True, that's true. Because that's when he's doing kind of his, like, his Repo Man monster yeah. voice, where it's, it's all, like, gravelly and stuff like too, that. Yep. Yeah. But Legal Assassin, I, like, especially, I like the slower parts where he's singing to his dead wife, mm-hmm. where the uh, the years go by without you, Marnie. Years part. go by without you, Marnie. Yes. Seventeen have come yeah, and gone. That, yes. Raised yes. Stop. Shiloh with Stop. the best intentions. Stop. <laughs> yes, that. I, that's, like, my I favorite I don't, part. I don't know that part. Yeah, shut up. Um... <laughs> No, I, uh, I'm completely lost now. <laughs> I had to listen to your stupid voice. And so I... was Nathan. It's <laughs> <laughs> lost without his money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically he's under contract with Gene Co. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, his wife died under weird circumstances, right. and Rati Largo, who is played by Paul Sorvino, basically tells him, I'm not going to turn you in. As long as you come and... He does and, something that causes the death of his wife. Right. Yeah. And he, he comes and says, I'm not going to turn you in as long as you be a repo man for Gene Co. Because he's a doctor, so he's a, familiar with anatomy and stuff like that. And not the Gene Co. referring to, like, seventh grade. It's like... Not Jinkos. You got them big... Man, you got to go take them jeans back from that kid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Actually, it's one of the same. Yeah, they, I, they, they, I, in I, the, I, the future, Jinko becomes Jinko. It's a natural progression. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, pay off the bills on my my twenty three inch skunks, and now they're coming to get them. <laughs> <laughs> they just rip your pants off in the street and then kill you for no reason. Uh, it's great. The I, my favorite character is probably Grave Robber, uh, played by. You can't do that unless nope, there's another cap right. on the other battle. Um, Oh, would you? Great. Terrence, would you not? Yeah. Terrence Z- so this is Zajic or whatever uh, his name is. Zunich. Zunich. Uh, he's yeah. He plays grave robber who kind of serves as a sort of a narrator, narrator. for the movie, and he's also and an observer. He's of a everything. he's a grave robber uh, in the sense that um, there's this drug Zydrate. called uh, Zydrate, and um, Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial. A little glass vial. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the little glass vial goes into the gun like a battery. And the little glass vial that goes into the gun goes somewhere pressed against your anatomy? Yes. And then the gun goes off, and there's sparks, and then you're ready for surgery. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he, so Zydrate is this, uh, it's, it's an, it's, it's a, <laughs> that's not going to work. Jay's trying to open a bottle with a corkscrew, and I He's gonna actually, try. I'm I'm gonna be impressed if you get this done. Uh, so, <laughs> Zydrate is kind of a it's it's anesthesia. Yeah. That's it's you know it's it's used in um in surgeries, but this grave robber and many like him have found a way to extract it from dead Th- bodies through the nasal cavity. Through the nasal cavity, probably into the brain. Yep. And uh, and they they peddle it on the streets as an illegal drug, yeah. and so people are addicted to Zydrate. Not only are people addicted to Zydrate, but they're actually like addicted to getting surgery. Yeah. 
They're in a, yeah, well, it's not unlike nowadays where celebrities are completely addicted to changing their face and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I, I guess social commentary. commentary in this in this movie that has to do with that type of stuff, but uh, um, like um, Paris Hilton's character, uh, Amber Sweet, mm-hmm. who is one of Roddy Largo's kids. Before we she, go on here, yeah, I thought Paris Hilton was fantastic in this movie. She played the role perfectly. She wasn't good, but she wasn't supposed to be good. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know. Uh, well, Darren Lynn Bowsman actually straight up refused. To give her an audition at first. Oh, was this one of those things where the studio was like, "You should have Paris Hilton in your movie"? No, it. Well, I don't know if somebody who came to him, but like at first they were saying like uh, somebody offered him like, "Hey, Paris Hilton wants to try out, like audition for this movie." Jay, well done. Jay just opened a beer bottle with a corkscrew. They were twist off. <laughs> <laughs> were, they really, were they really? No. <laughs> um, and and he said no, absolutely not. He didn't want to be accused of like stunt stunt casting you know like her sure. which is exactly what like i described it would have been right like like oh she'll bring he, in dollars yeah he's just yeah. he's just uh, putting paris hilton in the movie because she's relevant for some damn reason and yeah. she'll make money but she, she ended up some guy yeah <laughs> you know and filmed it i don't know um that's actually that's actually why that's most people are famous these days Kardashians yeah it's kind of mm. sad um but then she came to an audition that he finally said, whatever, I'll see her. Like, I'll I'll let her audition. She showed up to the audition, like, dressed for the role. I and, will give her credit actually, for that. And, she went and, all out for it. Yeah, and kind of knocked it out of the park. And the funny thing is her wardrobe in the movie is entirely her own clothing. I heard about that, yeah. And she's just, she's just kind of dressed like a gutter skank, skank the entire time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. I mean, the truth hurts. Yeah. Um, no, she did. She did well. Yeah. Not great. I, I she's thought not she a good, was, she's she was perfect for the role. That once you see the movie, though, and you see her character, yeah, she's just a she spoiled, plays this spoiled rich bitch. You just spoiled brat who wants to be a singer, but she's not actually that good. But oh, people just kind of she played herself. Yeah, she exactly. <laughs> she played. They heard Paris Hilton's actual <laughs> recorded songs, like uh, from her own albums. She did a cover of a really famous song, and I can't remember what it is. It doesn't. She's also yeah. a DJ. Is, well, yeah, in, in the sense that most people are DJs nowadays, yeah, yeah. where they just hit the space button and you know the Show computer does the rest. Show me how to push these buttons. <laughs> um. Uh. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna go into that. Uh, Bill Mosley, that like you mentioned, was I, he's pretty hilarious. Oh in yeah, this he's movie. great. They he ad libbed a lot of his lines, I guess. I can see that because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're kind of weird and <laughs> he's he's like kind of a dorky not not dorky but like he the way he delivers his lines are, are almost it's almost kind of like awkward looking i will find a hole and fuck it <laughs> if there ain't one then i'll make one <laughs> like, come on <laughs> exactly uh and then uh I, what the hell are we even talking about? About Repo. It's just, we could go on about tangents on Repo because it's such a great movie. Like, there's so many layers to it with all the different characters. Yeah. And they, they jump around so much, it's, it's easy to get lost in. It is. Um, uh, Alexa Panavega, too, is, or Alexa Vega at the time, she's great, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she, it's weird now, I guess, but, like, back then, like, she's a great singer. Yeah. Fantastic. She played, she played the role of, uh, of uh, Nathan's daughter so well. Another one of the songs I could have done without. In, in that movie is her uh, like her punk rock song. Oh, I that, love that song. Seventeen. Yeah. yeah we have very different opinions on why we like this movie. Uh, it just it just <laughs> came across as really like trite and corny. I liked me. it. And come on, Joan Jett was in it. 
Joan Jett. She, Joan Jett just that randomly thing. shows why? up in her bedroom why for she, no reason. She doesn't say anything. She just like plays guitar, plays guitar, ass. and whatever. This was actually this was the the middle installment of a planned trilogy. Yes. Which who knows if it's ever it, actually going to. No, it won't. The rights are so fucked. Just They'll too, never do too it. Too messed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's all we have to say about Repo the Genetic yeah, if Opera, then. If you've not seen Repo, I, I cannot recommend it more. If it's, you on, like musicals. Uh, it's on Shudder. If oh, you is have, it? If you, yeah, okay. that's where I watched it. If you don't have Shudder, it's only five bucks a month, and there's they're constantly putting tons and tons of great horror movies and, on there. So. And we're telling you to support them, so you should just do it yeah, just on principle. Because what we say is what goes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you got? Um, Let's uh, get a couple quick ones out of the way here. A couple quick. Well, we only have two more to talk about. Oh, okay. So what's a couple? Uh, which one do you want to end with? Um, we should end with Phantom of the Paradise. Okay. Therefore, we're going to talk about Stage Fright. Stage Fright from which is 2014. What, which is what our intro is from. Yes. Cute little girl. What? The cute little girl. Oh, when dead. she's... <laughs> isn't it wrong to sing and dance when somebody when just died? died. <laughs> um, this is about a snobby musical theater camp, which is terrorized by a bloodthirsty killer who hates musical theater. It's great. Um, a bloodthirsty, like, like cock rock singing serial, serial killer. Well, not cock rock, just metal. Eh, metal cock rock. Cock metal. It, oh, well, you... Okay, you always say cock... Like, Cock rock and butt rock are not the same. No, I don't cock know. rock's more like uh, like hair metal. Oh yeah, okay. the real high soaring vocals. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So he's kind of cock rocky. Oh yeah, cock rocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mini drivers in this movie mm-hmm. for like the first ten minutes, and then uh, sorry, I'm gonna spoil this, but she dies brutally. She does. That, she does. That death scene actually took me kind of by surprise because I didn't know what to expect from this movie. Mm-hmm. And then the killer Very just psycho-ish, like psycho-ish, right? Well, I mean, kill Janet Lee in the beginning. Well, I did. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But like, just the death itself. I was like, because usually when you see, usually when you sta- like see a stabbing in a movie, it's like to the body. Yeah, yeah. The guy just stabs her like Straight four or throat. five times right in the throat, and then the last one she screams, and he just stabs her right in the mouth. Yeah, with it, like a there's, huge butcher and, knife. And the thing is too is like when he stabs, when the knife stops, there's like a thud. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like like. Like the audio is very graphic in that. Well, it's weird. Well, because, I mean, if you stab somebody directly through the throat, if you stab them far enough, you'd hit their spine. Sure. Then, and that's what you're hearing, but you don't Ugh. normally hear those types of, <laughs> those really, types of things. You it's know? really brutal when you think about it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, also in this is my favorite food. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I won't do that. I would do. Anything okay, we've had enough of you singing for the night. Me- it's a musical episode. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to listen to you sing. You did uh, for like 10 years. Meatloaf, <laughs> yeah, against my will. Uh, Meatloaf is in this movie. Does he have ketchup on him? <laughs> no, but he's wrapped in bacon. Oof. Do you do the like? Do you do the wrapped in bacon meatloaf? I've had the wrapped in bacon people, meatloaf. Yeah, it is delicious. And I don't care what anybody says. Do you put ketchup, ketchup on your meatloaf? Yeah, it's the best topping. It's the best topping. Yeah, for sure. His name is Robert Paulson. His no, name no, his name is Meatloaf. Is <laughs> his name is Meatloaf. Uh, yeah, so Meatloaf was in this movie. Anything for love. Uh, Allie McDonald played Camilla Swanson. Douglas Smith, who played Buddy Swanson, I, I get. So it's uh, Camilla and Buddy are the the young children of uh, Minnie Driver's character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kept looking at Buddy, going, "God, this kid looks so familiar," and I couldn't place him. 
he was the main character from Santa's Sleigh. He played he played Nicholas Yulson. <laughs> no shit. In Santa's Sleigh. He looked familiar, but I couldn't place him. And I thought that I was just seeing somebody else. Yeah. That he has a face that's very similar to the kid. Uh, I don't or the guy. I don't know his name, but he was the main the main guy in um, uh, Haunting in Connecticut. Oh. He had the curly hair, sort of. Yeah. And he's got one of those faces where I I feel like a lot of people share those those same you know. Yeah. Features like a familiar face. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so th- this movie is cool. It was, it was, well, uh, it was. It also starred, uh, Melanie Leishman, who was, who played Hannah in Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The only other place I've ever seen her in. Yeah, if you, if you've never seen Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, is it still on Netflix? I think so. There's only two seasons, and I wish there were so many more. Oh, they tried. They tried for oh. a third, and there's supposedly like an animated movie being made. But that show's so amazing. Knows. It's basically like a, a about a, a group it's of a, high school kids who it's it's like they're metalheads. Well, the one kid is two kids are metalheads, mm-hmm. and there's a book of pure evil that keeps it's, messing it's with everybody. It's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Evil Dead, and like Wishmaster all put into a blender. Sure, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really cool show. Um, there was a lot of references to other horror movies in this movie. Tons, yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, it takes place at a summer camp, so mm-hmm. obviously Friday the Thirteenth, Sleepaway mm-hmm. Camp, whatever. Uh, there was I, a- the the big thing for me was the, was the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the uh, the there circular was, saw. There was a little kid. So this is a it's a it's a um, a drama camp. Mm-hmm. So you have not only actors but like kids who want to be set designers, kids who want to be. Um, Costume designers and stuff like that. Much, if there's a role to fill, they will teach you how to do it. Right. And this kid, what he's talking about, this kid uh, it was a set designer, mm-hmm. but he's wearing uh, the white shirt, the tie, and the apron, just like uh, Leatherface. And then at one point, he's building a set with a circular saw, and he just holds the saw up in the air and goes, ah! the, the crazy, like, throwing the chainsaw <laughs> yeah. around scene from Texas Chainsaw. It's awesome. Um, there was uh, a Carrie reference, because at one point in time... Uh, bucket of red, they, red, well, red was, paint. It was red paint in the situation, but, they, you know, the bucket of red paint. There was a pinhead. Hellraiser, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah and, good- then, and then the... Uh, basically, this was the... The director, Jerome Sable, and the co-writer, Eli Battalion, who was also in the movie, this was kind of their their love letter to horror movies. Makes sense. It, it really does make sense. And musicals. Yeah. <laughs> because they, uh, you know, they're both huge fans of horror. And, and also, their ode to John Carpenter was the fact that the, uh, the, the cover art, the title was the same font and shade of red of Assault on Precinct yep. 13. Yep. That was kind of their... I, I did actually notice that. I saw the poster for it, and it looks really familiar. Yeah. And I didn't realize what it was until I did my research. I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> um, I did notice it, though. So, yeah, um, anyway. So this is not they're, they're, related they're, to they're, the stage stage fright from 1987. Non-related. No. We, yeah. When we first watched it, are we going to watch the original, or are we going to watch the remake? And we go, oh, the remake. Has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's just name. I, only. I wasn't sure because I had never even. I mean, I had heard of the original. Yeah, I'd never I'd, seen it either. I I'd never shouldn't seen say it either, original but. because it's not a remake. But for anybody who hears it, they'll go, "Oh, I've seen the '80s movie. Right, completely different movie." <laughs> um, uh, there's a 1950 so, as well. There's one there in 1950. Yep. yep. Oh. I. They're all. They're none of them are connected though. Yeah. I. They're just. Uh, so basically, anyway, uh, they the uh, production that they're putting on it, it's it's the same one that Minnie Driver's character is in at the beginning. It's it's kind of a Phantom of the Opera type movie, mm-hmm. 
and so it takes a lot from Phantom of the Opera. It does, yeah. She gets killed by the end of that night, and then uh, and then ten years pass, and uh, nobody ever really talks about it again. And then Meatloaf's character has this camp, this uh, drama camp, and he decides that they're gonna put on. Uh, what the hell was it called? The Phantom of... Oh, The Haunting of the Opera. Oh, the Haunting of the Opera, yeah. yeah. Don't look at me like I'm stupid when you don't know. <laughs> uh, the Haunting of the Opera. and But they, they decide that they're going to do... They're going to make the setting in fe- feudal Japan. <laughs> so we actually thought about using this line for, for the beginning of the... So who can tell me what ancient Japanese tradition involves covering your face completely in white? Oh, Bukaki. <laughs> Kabuki. Kabuki. <laughs> That's, it's, uh, it's nowhere near as funny when we say it. No, it's it is not. Great it's, it's, a, it's a hilarious line, though. And uh, the killer's awesome because he's, like we said earlier, he's a metalhead. And he sings almost everyone. Like, you know how, like, uh, in uh, in horror movies, like, Freddy Krueger will always have something clever that he says before he dispatches somebody or something like that. Every time this guy goes to kill somebody, he will say his line in, like, he'll sing it in, in like, a cock-rocky, cock-rock metal voice. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, uh, um, oh, so there's a girl in the dressing room with the shower on, and it's, like, steaming up the room, and she's trying to warm up her pipes and stuff. And she's got the shower on just scalding. So he walks in and he grabs her by the neck and he goes, Let me have your mama! (laughs) And just holds her face under the scalding water. And every single one of his lines are like that. He's pretty great. He gets into like some really, like, he doesn't just do the the hair metal type stuff though, too. Like, he almost gets. Metal stuff, too. He also, like, almost like. Growly, like. Almost like um, Corey Taylor kind of. Sounding sort stuff. of yeah, it's like he's screaming, but like he has control over his voice still. Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, cool. I I wanted I looked up the guy that played uh, that played him who did the the voice for him, and I was really hoping it was going to be some like really well known like, metal actor, Rick Miller. Yeah, he's he's a guy. There's another person in the cast named Rick Miller, mm-hmm. and I think it might have been the same dude. I I don't know who he played. I don't think he was one of the main people. Mm-hmm. But um, I was kind of hoping it would be like you know somebody famous yeah <laughs> i was i, I kind of was too that's I, I looked it up as soon as i, I mean, they got like, meatloaf yeah which some actually not everybody knows who meatloaf is yes they do does everybody yeah i well, don't know man i bet i bet you could walk into the mall nowadays and say hey who's the singer meatloaf distant cousin and what hamburger. would and what would he do for love and what would he not do for love that. the answer <laughs> is the but sex <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's not a ton to say about this movie. It's like um, it, they just they go to put on this the production of Haunting of the Opera, and then this guy shows up in the Kabuki mask, the Bukaki mask, and he and he haunts the opera. and he haunts the opera. Exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. He just starts killing people because he doesn't but think that is, they should but there be. Were, but there is a twist. There is a twist. We're what's not going to give it away. What's a twist? What a twist! <laughs> We're not going to give it away. So, uh, go ahead. this Watch one's a, this one's on Netflix. So go check it That's out. It's good. If you like slasher movies, it's a slasher movie. Yeah, with song. and it's funny. And there's like a there's a ton of just really funny parts in it and stuff like that. So the, if you like the a I'm good gay horror song, comedy. I cracked up at, <laughs> and it's not what you think it is. No. And it's so good. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, being being a marching band kid, I could relate a lot to, to a lot of the stuff in this movie. Yeah. Because band camp is very much like drama camp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just uh, I feel like I lowered myself a little bit. No, man. We All three of us went to band camp. It's true. It's true. I think well, Jay, badasses. <laughs> I think Jay even continued to go to band camp I after did. he graduated high school. You taught band camp. I did. I went and taught it. So yeah, why not? That's the life. You you would probably love this movie then. Yeah, in all fairness, it's pretty good. Definitely check it out. All right, what are we ending on? Uh, so the last movie we're gonna talk about. As soon as Mike said that we were gonna, as soon as we decided we were gonna do, uh, I said, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, musicals, horror musicals. I my mind immediately jumped to this movie called Phantom of the Paradise. And my mind immediately went to, huh? <laughs> uh, it's from 1974 I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid I, I mentioned this a lot but it was just it was one of those movies that was always on Showtime and uh, and, and just every single time it was on I, I watched it Phantom of the Paradise of the Skin what? Late Night Showtime oh Late Night Showtime gotcha <laughs> come on <laughs> Get it was, with it, James. It was directed by Brian De Palma, which is kind of weird. It's yeah, like a, super weird. Early uh, De Palma too. Yeah, Brian De Palma. Uh, he, if you don't know, he directed Scarface, um, The Untouchables, uh, Mission Impossible. Did he? he Carrie. He, <laughs> you miss Carrie? <laughs> he. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that he directed Carrie. Are you shitting me? You listen. You never even saw Carrie no, until I, this no, year. So no, shut I up. still haven't seen it. What? Well, but I know that Brian fucking De Palma directed it. It's because you're looking at his no, IMDb I, page no, right now. No, I've always known that. Uh, it's about... <laughs> if this sounds familiar when I say it, it's because it is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's the rock opera version of um, Phantom. Phantom of the Opera. Yep. A disfigured composer sells his soul for the woman he loves so that she will perform his music. However, an evil record tycoon betrays him and steals his music to open his rock palace, the Paradise. Actually, that synopsis is nothing like Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I said that. The tone of the movie, though, the is tone, very Yeah, it, yeah is, it is very similar to the Phantom of the Opera. It's that very much somebody that sense. liked Phantom and said, I want to make an updated rock opera version of right. this. That's exactly what it is. Uh, it's starring William Finley who plays, uh, he's Winslow Leach, also the Phantom, who ends up disfigured. Uh, Paul Williams plays this record producer, this mysterious record producer called Swan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Swan! Swan! <laughs> uh, Jessica Harper, who you might know from... Suspiria. Suspiria. Uh, this was actually her first role, was. I believe. This was her first role. Right? Uh, and then three Garrett, years, three Garrett, years, I believe, before Suspiria. Is it? Right on. Well, she did stuff in between, right? Yeah, this was not, This was in 74, and Suspiria was 77 or 78, I believe. Mm. So She actually beat out Linda Ronstadt for this uh, for this, uh, um, this role. Cool. Um, and then Garrett Graham, who plays Beef. Beef. <laughs> they actually we were, had, so, so we were watching this, and I'm like, I'm like, Beef and you go just wait. <laughs> I was like, wait until you actually just get to know his wait. character. Because he might be the greatest character in cinema history. <laughs> I'm just I'm putting that out there right now. I almost <laughs> I, I there's a part of me that doesn't want to give away the, both sides of his uh, personality, but nobody's gonna watch this movie, so I can. He's uh, so Winslow Leach writes this cantata, and it's and it's basically the story of Faust. It's this. Um, uh, this guy, a magician, who sells his soul to the devil for, like, fame and fortune. Mm -hmm. And so he writes... Oh, David Copperfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so he writes this, uh, this like, musical, this 
this cantata about it. And um, he, uh, Swan, the producer, says, I want to, I want to... <laughs> Stop Swan! Look, stop looking at me, Swan. He he says he wants to open up his new venue, the Paradise, with mm-hmm. with uh, with Faust. With, with this, yeah, the cantata. With Faust, and he's like, I want to. And but then he takes the music. He takes the music and he steals it, and he just says to his <laughs> says to his cronies, "Don't ever let Winslow through these doors. I don't want to see they him." They literally brick him into a room. Well, that's later in the movie, yeah. but uh, so basically, to make a long story short, uh, Winslow ends up in in prison <laughs> because Swan throws his weight around. He he ends up in Sing Sing. He gets his teeth pulled out because he's part of this quote unquote dental uh, research. So then he looks like Jaws. Yeah. From so now he's yeah <laughs> yeah now he's got like metal teeth, and then he breaks out of prison. He finds out that his uh, music is being played by this terrible band called the Juicy Fruits. And and he's just so pissed off about it that he goes to he goes to the Swan record pressing place and he wants to destroy all evidence of it and he ends up with his head in a, a record press and he's horribly deformed. Jay, from somebody who hasn't seen this movie, does this sound terribly convoluted to you? <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah, exactly. It, there's so many. I'm listening to you like I, I've seen the movie and I'm listening to you describe it to me mm-hmm. and I'm like thinking to myself like, this is like. This is like when 30 people get together and one person starts the first scene and then another person just puts something random on top of it and then random. <laughs> like, that's what this movie is. I want to watch wa- it just for the head squash scene. <laughs> but watching it... Didn't... Oddly enough... Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, there was uh, when they filmed the head squashing scene, they had it was a it was real... It was a real record press. No, it wasn't a record press. It was a toy press of some kind. Okay, well, press. But they, they made it look like a record press and it, it was actually two huge pieces of metal that came together... And they put a little like shunt in the top so that it wouldn't close on the guy's head. And when they were filming it, the shunt broke. <laughs> and the only way this guy ended, didn't end up with a crushed head is he heard the the shunt break, and he managed to pull his head out in time. And there's a oh, scream. Wow. So in the, in movie, the movie, in the movie, when you hear him scream in terror, that was actually the the actor screaming I'm, because he realized that the shunt had. Like, yeah, broken. it's kind of crazy. Like it, mm. you, you think about it, like oh shit. And if you watch the scene being filmed, I don't know if that was the same take, but like if that was the case, it comes close to. I him. think it was the same take. It comes really close yeah. to him. There's actually I, the that mm. scene is longer in the in the original cut, but I I don't know. Um, yeah, so anyway, he ends up disfigured. He goes to the paradise because he finds out that Swan is having other people do his cantata, and he really only wants this one girl, Phoenix, played by Jessica Harper, Mm -hmm. to sing his music. And he says, anybody else who tries to sing my music dies. And that's kind of where it goes from there. Like, anybody who tries to perform his music ends up dead. Yeah, pretty much. Which means uh, beef. (laughs) They kind of turn... They, fucking beef. <laughs> they turn they turn his cantata into this like ridiculous like Frankenstein story There's and like so many pulls from other movies in this. Yeah. So many pulls. Yeah. Um yeah, it no, it, it's just nuts. Like you it's Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera. Uh uh um See now I feel stupid because I can't think of that. <laughs> but when we you know when we were watching it, it's like, oh, that's that, that's that, yeah. that's that. Like it's one of those movies where you watch it. Well, it's and even got it's glaring. We're, we know? were talking about the colors too. Even had sort of a Dario Argento yep, look yep, to him. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so so he ends up you know just wreaking havoc, and and that's kind of 
we don't have to say too much more about it. it it's an awesome movie. When uh, when it was when it was released in theaters, uh, it was a flop everywhere yeah. except for two places. Mm-hmm. One of them was uh, in Winnipeg. Apparently, Canadians loved this movie. The other place was in Paris, France. And the reason that I bring that up is because I think my favorite part about this movie is not in the actual movie itself, but it's in what the movie produced. Mm-hmm. And that is because it was huge in France. We have a little musical act, little tiny, tiny musical, a little act itty bitty musical act that comes from Paris called Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Daft Punk, they have the robots with the helmets and everything. And if you watch uh, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, uh, the the character Winslow's character is essentially the silver guy from Daft Punk. Yeah, he's got the silver helmet on. He's got the cape. He's in a room surrounded it's like an egg-shaped room with just buttons and knobs and well, everything everywhere well that room is actually a cu- it's, it's a, a real studio it's a custom no it's a custom made moog that that entire room oh, is, is, is i knew bit, it was real it's, it's a, a huge moog, synthesizer okay i did not know yeah, that it's custom built point is though is that the guys in daft punk have said in an interview that phantom of the paradise is their favorite movie ever and they drew huge inspiration from it huh. so much to where paul williams actually sings and is featured on a song in their new record. Yeah. So pretty much you would not have Daft Punk, at least in their current form, if it wasn't for this movie. Well, we were watching the movie and and you said there was a slow song that Phoenix uh, sings and you go, man, this sounds just like a Daft Punk song. Yeah. I was like, it sounds like a Carpenter song to me. And we were both right. Because Paul Williams... Because Paul Williams not only wrote We've Only Just Begun for the Carpenters, Mm -hmm. but... Mike's looking up this song to try and show me on the Daft Punk album afterward, and the 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 vocals kick in. I go, that's Paul it's Williams. Paul Williams. Like, goes, <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 crazy. And like I said, they this movie is like almost directly responsible for what we have in Daft Punk right now, yeah. which is incredible to me. Like their last record, Random Access Memories, is one of my favorite records to come out in the like, last few years. Mm-hmm. Love that record yeah. so much. Um, and Paul Williams himself, I, I guess I never really realized until we started looking up stuff about that. Like, he's such a prolific yeah. writer and producer and stuff. He was a huge star back in the day. It's just, like, I when, I, when I watched this movie when I was a little kid, I was like, this is just some Weasley little guy. See, I didn't know who he was. And I remember when we started watching, I go, who's this little wiener? <laughs> <laughs> he's tiny. He's like five foot tall. Not, like knowing, that, long... not knowing that you've probably listened to countless countless number of his songs that he's written i had no idea i'd never heard of this movie until you brought it up to me it was yeah and now now i've had a few days to reflect on it and everything else i do i like it's a a cool movie i want to rewatch it now with with a new sense of appreciation for it Mm -hmm. i'm glad um, that i'm glad it ended up the way that it did originally they were like originally uh paul williams was gonna play winslow Mm -hmm. the phantom which i can't see that that wouldn't work um uh uh, Garrett Graham, or no, Peter Boyle. You know who Peter Boyle is, right? I know the name. He's like the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. He was yep. uh, young, Fr- the monster from Young Frankenstein. Okay, oh, wow. he was I know that. he okay. was gonna play Beef, and then Garrett Graham was gonna play Swan, and Garrett Graham is the one who played Beef. Yeah, no, it happens every episode. <laughs> so, it's a, I, whatever happened in the casting process, though, it all worked out for the best because yeah. everybody was perfect for, yeah. for their roles. Turned out amazing. Um, what else is perfect is the time to end right now. Right meow. Right meow. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that was fun. I I had actually way too much fun doing this musical episode and watching movies for this musical episode. 
It was fun with you talking about this few movies that we love. If Mike was a better songwriter, we probably could have caught on and actually... You did all right. I couldn't do it. I couldn't follow his bullshit. Repo stage fright. Nope. Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> I can't harmonize that. Uh, uh, if, if you, you want to find, find us, us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud. Facebook and Instagram and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on the Twitter at the at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can find us on Tumblr at the, the Buzzkill Podcast. Podcast.tumblr.com <laughs> And you can find J-Raj at Ocean, Ocean Recording, Recording. Oh, sorry. <laughs> on social media. And if you want to go to my website, go to www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. Dot com. Dot com. All right, guys. <laughs> Good go time, watch, boys. Go watch some musicals and sing stuff. Yes, 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 y'all. Cheers, Cheers boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs>